podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. Welcome aboard. Yes, sir. Good morning. Hope you all are doing well on a hump day. It is Top Gun Day. That's right. Right there. Top Gun Indoor Range today, today, tonight. And have a have some fun, man. You know, I, I should have I should have brought the plaque with me from downstairs. But anyway, so got the plaque ready to go. Got some prizes. Got uh, some really cool Perdomo prizes. We're gonna give away thanks to our friends at Perdomo and Caneswear, Brett at Caneswear. So got some other prizes besides, of course, the the first place prize, which is, you know, the plaque. And we'll give a prize also to that person that wins it, man or woman that wins it. Be interesting to see if any any ladies compete in uh, in the contest tonight in the shooting contest at Top Gun Indoor Range. So we're going to find out who uh, who's got who's got the best shot. Uh, on the show, who's got the best aim? Who hits the most targets? We will find out. And uh, it's even got like a little AI and everything that scores it for you. So it's uh, it's really, really cool. So we'll have some fun with that. We got uh, exciting stuff in the Bitcoin world. Because uh, at the end of today, which I would expect, we're going to have a um, a Fed meeting today around 1.30 with Powell talking. I would imagine it's going to be positive. I don't think there's going to be anything negative or anything like that. Not that they're going to cut rates yet. They will soon. Uh, and then things will get incredibly bullish on top of that. But but it all depends on what he says today. And this should be able to set the markets off a little bit, stocks and crypto. But today, uh, Bitcoin could end up with its fifth straight green month. That's incredibly strong. They haven't done that since the last halving. And guess when the halving's coming? It's about 80 days from now, 75, 80 days. I don't know, something like that. It's a block. It's not really like a day. So you got to kind of time the block and what day and all that kind of stuff, depending on the pace of everything going on. But it's somewhere around in that area where we'll have the having, and then, uh, cause I've seen 75, I've seen 77, I've seen 80. It's right around there somewhere, but we're, we're, we're in l- later April. In other words, is when we're going to hit that having. And, um, then it's, uh, I think I saw where the ETFs right now are, are buying on average 1200 Bitcoins a day. And they don't produce that. They produce like 600 and something a day. And, and in April, it'll go down to 300 and something a day. So it'll, it, it is just, you know, the demand is just going to, the demand is going to continue now to climb. And then the, the availability of Bitcoin will be less. So uh, pretty strong, you know, for those people that don't follow it, five straight green months now for Bitcoin ending today, which is just an absolutely bullish sign going right in to this entire year, the having and everything else going on that's going to happen. Um, it's pretty, pretty damn bullish. So uh, looking forward to that uh, strong day today. And if, and if Powell says anything positive, 
markets are going to absolutely, I mean, the stock market's already at its all-time high. You know what I mean? So that's obviously, they're, they're, the rich are doing very well. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So anyway, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We, uh, we got people on ESPN catching up to our show, which that's usually kind of the case nationally, locally. We're always like eight steps ahead of everybody else. So we'll talk about that story. Uh, we got to talk about uh, Ron Jaworski, former Eagle, former Dolphin. And uh, he had something to say. We got the audio on that. Um Boy, and I got to apologize. First of all, I should have opened up with the damn apology. I am sorry for those of you that went with me on University of Miami last night, plus four and a half. I felt really good about that game, I got to tell you. And, you know, I don't watch a lot of college basketball, okay? Apparently, the people at the University of Miami listened to me or something because they stopped following me <laughs> in basketball. Because I diss college basketball, because I'm really not a big college basketball guy anymore. You know, uh, people my age can't be impressed with today's college basketball. You know, if they say they are, they're lying. Really, they're lying. They're liars. They're just trying. They're just being nice. They're trying to be polite and all that stuff. So apparently at the, you know, I know they're kind of touchy over there in Coral Gables. Whatever, dude. I love them. They don't want to love me back. That's fine. I don't really give a shit. But um, last night, if you watch the game, and, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of college basketball, but I do watch University of Miami. Obviously, I watch FAU, and I watch Nova. You know, I, I, I watch every team that I get an opportunity, you know, to watch locally. I watch them all, you know, when I get an opportunity. And so uh, I watched that game last night. And if you watched it, at the end of that game, we should have won. I don't know if UM should have won. But how does Nigel Pack shot six of eight from the free throw line? The two free throws he missed were the two most important free throws at the end when he got fouled for the three-point shot. And I'm sitting there with the wife, and I'm saying, man, it's really hard to make three free throws, no matter what, for anybody. It's just like a difficult thing. So I kind of expected him to make two of three. Kid makes the first one and then misses the second and third. I'm like, damn. And then Omir who's been a monster, how he misses that layup under the basket is beyond me, okay? He should have made it, and he should have been fouled also at the same time, okay? Should have been at the line, and we easily would have won by the four and a half. It's just those two, two things happened to us in the last 40 seconds of the stupid game that that's the only reason they ended up losing by six. They easily should have lost by one or two or maybe even gotten into overtime. And who knows what happens after that. But, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I, I know we lost, but damn, dude, we should have won. We should have won last night. Nigel Pack, I mean, I don't know. Like, why would he miss those free throws? <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit happens, man. So they end up coming up short, 74 to 68. So if you went with me and the plus four and a half, it didn't work out. I'll tell you, although I, I, I tell you what I also did, I uh, doubled up my bet. 
because I, I took KC plus the plus the point and a half. I think it was last night. I got it at two and I'm doubled up. You want to keep giving me more points? Let's go. I got Mahomes winning this thing anyway, so I don't care. I I we'll have Matt Verderam on today at ten at eleven o'clock. Um, David Fronis will join us at ten thirty, and um, I, I got to tell you, for me, uh, it's I, I I'm and I'm going to ask Matt, but I think actually this Chiefs defense is you know, pretty damn special. It's the, I think it's the best defense that Mahomes has ever had in his run. And I, I think we're not giving that defense enough respect. And I know they just lost the defensive end. Um, Charles, um, what's his name? Uh, Charles, uh, Omenihu, Omenihu. And uh, he had like seven sacks in 11 games. So he was a nice free agent pickup for them. So that was a, a loss for them. But we'll see if they've got somebody else off the bench that can at least have one good game. Because that's the that's the beauty of all of that also. You know, sometimes when you have somebody coming off the bench and they got to fill in for several weeks, you don't know how they're going to handle it. In one game, all professionals, man, that's why they're professionals. They can have a great day, a great moment at any time. And so... Maybe they have somebody that can fill in and, and help out a little bit there. But I think that Chiefs defense is really special. And um, they got an opportunity, I think, uh, at winning it all. I am taking Mahomes. Uh, I will take Mahomes every single time in this kind of situation. You know, you got it. So we got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff on the basketball side. I uh, got something, a very, very interesting development, I think, in the NFL that something that at first glance I was completely right and so were tons of you because it was so obvious but we could end up becoming wrong and I'm going to explain that because it's kind of it's kind of interesting you know what I mean it's one that we stood on our ground a lot of us because we had every facts were all on our side in history but sometimes history gets altered. You know what I'm saying? And things happen. And some in an interesting development yesterday that could lead to something. And we'll talk about that today also on the show. Um, really uh, odd situation. And at the same time, absolutely hilarious going on in basketball. Okay, it's just one of those where I, I just have to laugh at the NBA, at its players, and sometimes you know what karma bites you in the ass. So we'll get into that. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. I got some music stuff, um, a lot of things, a lot of things, and so we'll get to that. David Ferronis will join us at ten thirty, so we'll talk a little Dolphins, even though there's really really no breaking news or nothing but we got a couple things that we can talk to him about and uh, we'll get into it there uh, let me do a little roll call remember you can always support the show by making a donation at cash app or venmo at cash big o show that is cash big o show and you can make a bitcoin donation on cash app or venmo which you know that's 
the donation that gets me most excited right there. But either way, they all support the show. You can send in a super chat, and we appreciate all of you out there. Sneak Attack 305 says, I'm finally first. Good morning, O and Sean. Thank you, Sneak Attack. Kyle Cockrell is in. True Finn Fan is in. Jamie Zoria out in San Jose. And he reminds everybody to smash that like button. Steve Chapman. I don't have any brilliant takes this morning, but if I think of any, I'll let you know. Thank you, Steve. Joseph is in. Uh, good morning, Big O. How you doing, my honest brother? We try. We're doing good. We're hanging in there. We're getting ready. We're less than a week away from surgery. That's what we're getting ready for. And we've got clearance, Clarence, all over the place. Got my chest x-ray, got my blood work, got by the way, my blood, my blood sugar went down again. Because I, I I took another uh I, they had to take blood work again. Because I took blood work uh, about a month ago and my blood sugar went down and uh, I got it back down again. So it's uh it's heading in the right direction. Okay. I'm trying to eat less of the bad stuff. I'm still eating bad stuff. You know, I'm still cheating, but I'm trying to cheat less and less and less. Little by little. That's what we're trying to do. I don't have a lot of discipline, but we'll try. And that's all I can tell you, Joseph. Honestly, I don't have a lot of discipline. <laughs> Gus Gus 1388, Stephen Gonzalez. Uh, man, that article from The Athletic on the Jets, what a shit show. I, I did not read it, but are you surprised? You wanted to bring in Aaron Rodgers, right, and let him run the organization. Shit like that's going to happen. And that owner is a disaster. Uh, Omar Lopez, Dauphineer, Miles Deep, Coach AJ, Aaron Hernandez, Alexis Palenzuela. Uh, let's see, Ray Sosa, One-Eyed Jack, Fireman. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. You have a great day. Horn Dog is in. Uh, crush the egos, Spo. Yeah, well, Spo can do whatever he wants, right? He's earned that. He's earned more than everybody else on that team. Uh, Silence Assassin, Alexis Palenzuela. It's a bye-bye stage for now. Load up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Take advantage. Some great deals in crypto right now. I think Polygon's an amazing deal. I think Gala is a great deal. I think you could still get Kryptonite right now. Kryptonite went up to $0.08. Cents. Now it's just under $0.07 cents right now. Still hasn't made that run yet. Um, there's a lot of good things. I think Neutron is down at a really good price overall. I think Ethereum is at a very good price. Bitcoin, don't stop buying Bitcoin until the, the, that parabolic like run starts. Then you, you know, then it, it's going to get too expensive. But for now, it is still in an absolute buying zone. There's a lot of good things, man. Ando, there's, you know, there's a bunch of really good opportunities right now in Bitcoin and in crypto uh, for you to take advantage. Drago is in. Nick is in. Man of a thousand five holds. Alex Toledo, Big O, please tell everyone how right you are about the Miami Heat. It's time to trade Jimmy and or Hero. Yeah, but that was, uh, I was right three years ago, not now. Now is the obvious to trade him now. 
you know, I was before this last extension, you had to trade him. You know, and I know you had a nice run the last two years, but you didn't win it. And it's great to have the runs, but if you if you don't get that other star, the Jimmy Butler thing was never going to work out. It was you're you're gonna make some nice runs because you got a, the best coach in the business. But yeah, trading Jimmy now is gonna be a, a lot harder um, because everybody knows he doesn't give a shit about the regular season. So what you're gonna trade for him and oh well, hey Jimmy, we need you to try right now because we're trying to you know, make a run here. We need you to try during the regulars. Is that how, is that how the conversation is going to go for a trade? It's kind of odd. So it's trading Jimmy Butler now, trading X now, or even last year. Okay. Great example. We still have a bunch of people, billions, that are, that have no idea they still think it's a scam, even though the dollar is the real scam. But that tells you how smart those people are because they don't really study money. So they don't even know their own dollar is a scam. Yet this isn't. But, you know, that's kind of the way it goes. But wait till Bitcoin hits like 70 and 80 and 100,000. Then they're all going to FOMO in. Because then they got convinced. I mean, by now, if you see BlackRock and ARK Investments and all that getting in, and that doesn't, like, like the light bulb in your brain doesn't go off at this moment, like, the smartest and richest and most powerful people in the world are getting into this. That has not, if, if your bulb in your head has not gone on at that point, okay, I'm, it's fine if you didn't listen to me a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Okay, fine. The big boys weren't in the mix. The adults weren't in the room. It was just us kids, right? But the kids actually knew what was going on. This is one of the few things in life where the, the normal, regular, working stiff got in before the smart people. So this is the same thing now. You want to trade X after he's already done. After he has seven interceptions for three years, after he had 10 in one. You want to trade Butler now, now that you've thoroughly worn out his body. He can't hold up for a whole year. He can't, he, he does, he refuses to play in the regular season. So now you want to trade him. Okay, well, it's it's a little late now to FOMO in on the trade. This is why, what's one of our favorite words on the show? You must compartmentalize your feelings. Oh, man, I love what X did. He had 10 interceptions. But now's the time to get off the gravy train. It's hard to say that. Most of you didn't have the balls. You know why? You have this shit in your head that you think he was going to have 10 interceptions every year now. Now he has seven in three years. And you look at him. He... He gets burned. It's just not the guy anymore. He's not a shutdown corner. He's not, he's not the guy that you're desperately missing next year because he's not himself anymore. So you're not desperately missing him next year. In fact, you're better off without him because he's severely overpaid. 
but you should have traded him when he had value fresh off 10 interceptions. And that way you sucker somebody else to think that nine or eight or seven are coming next year when it never happens and it'll never happen again. And the same thing with Jimmy Butler. Now you've had many playoff runs, deep runs, which has put more wear and tear on his body. And everybody knows he doesn't try. So trading him now, and he has an attitude that is near impossible for most coaches to handle, near impossible for most, most organizations to handle. And by the way, can I, can I also add a caveat? Joel Embiid just got injured last night. I don't know how serious. Have you found out yet, Sean? Have you seen anything on how serious the Joel Embiid injury is? If he's done for the year, I actually feel that's your only option for Jimmy Butler. I don't think there's another team that has what it takes to step forward and trade for Jimmy Butler. Plus, let me also add this caveat. Three years ago or two years ago, you would have gotten a lot more for Jimmy. Now, you've got to take on an enormous salary for the next couple of years for a player that doesn't play in the regular season and doesn't help you gain in the standings in the regular season. And so he's also got an attitude, right, with it. If you can't take all of that, then, or if you have to take all of that, you're going to give less. But two or three years ago, you didn't have nearly as much exposed. His body wasn't nearly as worn out. You haven't sold it already year after year that he doesn't give a shit about the regular season. A couple of years ago, you could have gotten by with that. Now you have thoroughly sold it the last couple of years that he refuses to play in the regular season. It becomes that much harder. So FOMO in on the trade for Jimmy. FOMO in last year, this year. You can't do it anymore because they're going to release him on the trade for X. You know, it's super easy. It's super lazy. Okay. Super lazy for Kendrick Perkins, but this is what they do on ESPN, okay? On ESPN, this is the bullshit that they do. This is the bullshit that they do. Now is when you're going to mention it? Because, of course, this is going to stir it up. It'll get you views and all that. Now, when I do it two or three years ago, I know I'm a bad guy. I'm negative. I'm all that. No, I'm super intelligent. I'm very smart at that point, smarter than even the Miami Heat on that one. How do you like them apples? Smarter than Kendrick Perkins. You're not going to get much for Jimmy Butler anymore because the burden to trade him is a lot. So you're, 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 you're almost probably better off just keeping him for the last two seasons. Do not extend and just play it out you know unless somebody can actually offer you that they become desperate but i don't believe there's a lot on the table for jimmy butler at this point when i wanted to trade him that's when you would have gotten something when i wanted to trade x that's when you would have gotten something so it's not so much that I was right about both of those situations. And I took a lot of heat at that moment for that stuff. Because, of course, it's, you know, 
it's kind of negative at that point to say it when really I'm not trying to be negative. I'm actually being very pro dolphins and pro heat at that moment. You don't fan out there. Some of you don't realize it because most of you disagreed with me. Very few of you agreed with me to make those trades. So, you know, this is what we're, this is what we got to live with now. What can I tell you? Uh, what do we have here? Uh, One-Eyed Jack. Fireman says, have a wonderful day and keep on rocking on the Finns world. Thank you, my friend. Horndog. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, NorCal says, people our age know it's, uh, it's new. It's doo-doo. That's right. Do you watch UF? No, I don't. Like UF basketball? No. I only watch University of Miami basketball. I don't really watch anything else. Oh, no, I watch Nova. I'm sorry. I watch Nova. I watch FAU, and I watch I watch a little FIU. I won't watch a game of FIU. I might watch a couple of minutes or something and then get the hell out. You know what I mean? FIU is not very good at basketball. They're not entertaining to watch. FAU is entertaining. John L. Davis, I can watch that some bitch play every single night. He is, he's one of my favorite college players in South Florida history now, John L. Davis. He is worth the watch every single time for FAU. His leadership, his toughness, his clutchness. John L. Davis is fun to watch, dude. Fun to watch. Uh, so, no, I, I don't, Frankie, I don't, you're, you're probably a Gator. That's probably why you watch. I, I don't watch FSU or FAU, uh, FA, FA, Florida or FSU or UCF or no, I really don't. Know them. I only watch the local teams and that's it. That's the only thing, Frankie. Uh, JT says, I picked up Bradley Beal and his wife and friends the other night from the game. Damn, your team dropped seven in a row. Well, it'd be eight tonight with Kansas City with uh, what's called with the, uh, well, they used to be the Kansas City Kings, weren't they? Uh, with the Sacramento Kings. Anyway, uh, True Finn fan says, not just people your age, Big O. I'll be 46 and, and, and the 15th, and I can't watch college basketball anymore. Hell, I can't watch the NBA anymore. Three-point contest nowadays, whatever happened to your footwork? Yeah, no. Post-game, and yeah, it's just, it's a different game now. Right. But college basketball is, and it's funny because the Lady Canes follow me. But the men's basketball team unfollowed me. I never say, you know, I'm a huge Larinaga guy. Like, I, I, I talk so good about the UN basketball program. I talk so good about Larinaga. Somebody must have heard me talk about how college basketball overall is garbage, which I'm sorry. You know, anybody that has honesty will tell you the same thing. Today's college basketball cannot be compared to what happened 25, 35 years ago. Sorry. It's just, it's not even close. And anybody that wants to, like, I remember I was doing an interview with, um, oh, God, what's her name? She's a freaking legend. Um, but I, I, we have a saying in Spanish. You know, tengo pelo en la lengua, which means I don't have, it doesn't sound great in English, 
but I don't have hair in my tongue. So it's kind of, you know, you say it in Spanish because if you had a hairy tongue, it would get in the way of you talking, right? So I, I'm not going to struggle to tell you what I'm going to say. I'm going to brutally honest tell you what it is. I, and I forgot I forgot her name now. She's uh, married to uh, Dick Stockton. Um, damn it, man. She's a legend. She's been in this town forever, too. Um, and she was talking and she, yeah, this is only like two years ago. We were at, uh, we were at Hialeah. We were at Hialeah Park. We were doing the, uh, the, um, the Larry Little thing. And she was telling me, oh, you know, I love college basketball. This and that, don't you? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't love college basketball. I loved it when I used to see Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan and, Larry Johnson and, you know, uh, Christian Leitner. And I, I can watch them for three to four years. That's when I used to love college basketball. That's when college basketball. But they are so sensitive over there that they unfollowed me. Because they, 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 they couldn't unfollow me for anything negative about the basketball program. Even a couple of years ago where some of you were getting off the Laranega bandwagon, I was like, no, 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 dude, he's fine. You're going to have your peaks and valleys and it's all good. Because they, they've never caught me saying, you know, football can do that because I've ripped into Al Golden and stuff like that. And they, they get sensitive. That's fine. But, man, that is one sensitive ass program. The University of Miami. Holy shit. Wow. Zero cojones with the people that are in there. Anyway. Uh, Big O, since we talked sports movies yesterday, saw Celtic Pride the other day. That movie is low-key, hidden gem. So funny. It is, actually. It is. That's a good one. That's a good one. I haven't seen that one in a while. Nice match with the hat and the shirt. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Karoon. Dwayne Dugan. Welcome, sir. D. Laz. Any predictions for the NBA trade, trade deadline? Yeah, they're stuck with Jimmy. Yep. Yeah. You've got all your hair uh, still. I'm jealous. Yeah, I guess I'm lucky. You know, I'm, I'm losing some hair, but yeah, I uh, I have a for for a 57 year old man. Yeah, I uh, I am more than gifted with my hair because I man, I had friends that were losing hair when they were in their 30s. So I know it's uh, it's it's a thing. Um, Vinilenia. AD dances, Paul in Connecticut. Paul, what is it that you always have like different names when you sign on? How many accounts do you have? Or do you get to like rename? I don't know how it is when you guys do this stuff. Frankie, 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 you, you in a little pendle and everything? Look at you, Frankie. You know, we've doubled our money with pendle. I mean, that's like, that's sick. Pendo has been, it's kind of like what I did with Injective, but Injective was even more impressive because that was in the middle of the damn bear market. I found the best producing coin in the entire crypto market. And I gave you guys Injective, you know, uh, and now Pendo, Pendo's going to explode, bro. <laughs> if it's moving this strong now, I can't wait till it really opens up, dude. Big R, are you talking about Terry Rozier? Says about the difference between the Hornets organization and the Heat. Nope, no, sir. No, sir. Not talking at all about uh, Terry Rozier at all. Lewis uh, says trade hero. If you can, what's, what's there to trade hero for, dude? Who wants hero? 
Hey, uh, send send our boy Faronis a uh, reminder because he's a Cuban on Cuban time, so that's kind of normal. Uh, Alex says, I argue with you on Hero, but I was totally wrong. No more than a six-man. Yeah, Hero is he's soft, dude. He's just not that guy. Armando V, great news on the lab work. Oh, health is wealth. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm trying, man. I'm terrible, but I'm trying. Uh, D Laz, how important is Bam to this team, especially the connection he has with other stars in the league? Yeah, how many stars is he bringing over? All those stars. I'm, a, I'm, a, how much is he bringing over? And by the way, when's he ever going to step up offensively? Oh, never. But he is important in other ways, as a team player, as a super role player. He's really, really important. As a conduit to stars, he's not important at all. There are no stars coming. So it's kind of like the whole Jimmy Butler bullshit. Bunch of people tell me, oh, no, Jimmy will have no problem recruiting a star. Well, I'm still waiting. Where's it at? Where are all those people that told me that Jimmy Butler would have no problem recruiting a star? Where are they? Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I don't see them under the table. Let me look over at the hallway. No, no. Where where are they? Oh, it must. They must be with those people that thought the Bitcoin was going down to ten thousand dollars. I remember those idiots. Where where are they now? Where are they? Oh, they're all together in the same place. I I got it now. No, Jimmy Butler will have no problem recruiting a star. Uh, how about Jimmy Butler can never recruit a star? So, BlackRock, you will own nothing and be happy. Eat the bugs, big O. I own it. I already have it in my wallet, and BlackRock can't get to it. What BlackRock is doing is helping me, my brother. You don't have any. You lose. I win. BlackRock helps me. That's the part you don't get. See, when I see something like that, I know that Seth Lover doesn't have a penny in any kind of investment, doesn't know anything about it, and probably just follows television or whatever. You know, BlackRock and ARK Investments and Fidelity, they're all helping me. They're all helping Brooklyn Rob. They're all helping Lisa Rose and Crypto Noob and uh, Crypto Finn and I don't know, some of the other guys that are, that might be oh, Frankie Fresco, okay? Those of us that are actually like really investing, actually BlackRock is our friend. They're not taking my Bitcoin. I have mine in my cold storage wallet. They're taking your Bitcoin because you didn't buy any, my brother. See? Because I know you don't have any because you think it's negative for me. So that's why you don't have any. The part, the, the part you don't understand is we got in before BlackRock. We got in before ARK Investments and Fidelity. We bought it cheaper than them. They're going to buy thousands of it, maybe millions. And they're going to buy it way more expensive. And they're going to raise the price. And so they're going to give us more profits the ignorance that is out there in America is amazing. Do you know why? Because when it comes to politics, 
all you all follow is the culture stuff. None of you really follow the finances and the money. None of you know anything about what our dollar is and how it's produced and how it's manipulated and how it's stretched to hell and how it's killed. None of you know that because most of you don't follow any of that. Less than 2% of Americans probably follow that. You follow culture wars and stupidity and let's go hate Taylor Swift and let's go hate this guy and let's not vote for that person. Let's hate that. That's what you all are tied in. Guys like you right there, Seth Lover. I read right through you, my brother. If anything, people like Brooklyn Rob are cheering on BlackRock like I am. Buy more, buy more, buy more. It's not going to stop because we already got in it. We've been in it for years. We've been loading up. We're good. You're not. That's what I keep telling you. Let's get to a Miami Dolphins report. Our Welt and Rail Miami Dolphins report with the one and only David Faronis. All rise, football fans. As the Welt and Rail Miami Dolphins report with David Faronis is in session. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They are committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. Here's Miami Dolphins insider, David Veronis. I'd arrive, and it was Leslie Visser. Nice job by you, Cubs. I appreciate that. Ah, Mr. Veronis, how you feeling? You feeling good? Yes, sir. Uh, came back from a nice vacation, so uh, got back to work yesterday. Caught everyone up uh, on uh, on the defensive coordinator candidates. I was still tracking it a little bit while you know whenever I got the chance. Uh, so kept up with the candidates who were getting interviews, and then uh, now this is a big week of interviews for that, and uh, and we'll see what it means going forward. Are you married? Are you married? Am I? No. <laughs> You're single? No, You're single? no, I am not. Okay. I was going to ask yes. you how, I was going to ask you, how was that ass in yeah, Columbus? Yeah. But I, can't, I can't get into it because you have a girlfriend apparently. So <laughs> can't get, can't, I don't want to. <laughs> See, I've been married for, I, I, I'm going to celebrate my 30th wedding. I, I, my wife and we're comfortable, bro. So I can, I can openly talk because she understands this is a guy show. So I can, I, if I have to talk about women, I'm going to talk about women. You know what I'm saying? But but I know a lot of you aren't necessarily in the same kind of relationship, so I can't necessarily – I know Joe Rose would get your ass in trouble, but I'm not going to do that. I, I, I'm going to respect that part and uh, not ask you because, you know, all we hear about Colombia is that there's – you know, you know what I'm saying, by the way. You know, it's uh, – Colombia has been known as a place that uh, – Lonely men go to a lot to get a little companionship. See, you didn't you didn't go for that. You went for other reasons, but I'm sure you noticed that there were right, right? I'm sure you noticed yeah. it. Oh, it, it was a it was a boys trip. It was a boys trip. But did, did you hear me wrong? I I, I just say I, I am single. I, I, you might have heard well, me wrong. Single. That I am single. So then yeah, how yeah. was the ass in Colombia, bro? I heard it was fantastic. <laughs> I hear the streets are loaded with good-looking women there. 
Oh, they're very attractive women. Yes. And uh, we can go into further detail in, in a private moment, but okay. <laughs> on the show, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep the topic. Are they very friendly with, with tourists? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, and everyone is really. I mean, I, I just found Colombian people in general to be oh, yeah. very friendly across the board. Yeah. 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 It's the cartels are the only problem there. No, not like not, not my people, Cuban. We're, yeah. Not like my people, Cuban. We're all assholes. <laughs> yeah. Colombian people are actually really, really cool. It's just, you know, you just can't mess yeah. with the, you know, the, with the, with the drug lords, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, that's the only part. Oh, you don't yeah. Play. Yeah. Right. There's an element. But you know what? There's an being, element you got to stay away from. Right. And being Cuban and growing up in the 80s, I'm already used to that. So I just know, like, I know how to keep my distance from those people. It's I respect. You respect them. They usually respect you and leave you alone. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, I would imagine it was uh, it was a, a guy's trip in Colombia. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of fun right there. That's a lot of fun right there. Good stuff. Good stuff. It was a good right. So who's... Uh, do you have a gut feeling because they've they've had a thorough search now and they are interviewing a slew of people you know i thought for sure they're going to pick one of the two guys inside the building for continuity purposes now they did a very responsible thing in talking to everybody and so obviously a brandon staley runs the same kind of system that kind of stuff so you tell me, will an outside guy be the option? Will the inside guy be the option? Do you have a gut feeling right now? Yeah, if, it, if we're just talking gut feeling, I mean, I felt this way um, just sort of at the beginning of the week, going through the weekend, and he was the first name to sort of pop up. But maybe it would be Brandon Staley. And uh, not like I feel tremendously convinced about it, but um, maybe like percentages wise, I'd give him a slight edge over others. Just I I think Mike McDaniel uh, really does um, have a level of of respect for uh, that that meeting in 2022, uh, the defensive game plan that Staley had a lot of defenders out and uh, the the Chargers defense really stifled uh, the Dolphins in that game. And then, sure, Mike McDaniel, then he got his. Uh, when he had him again the next year in the opener, and the the Dolphins put up 36 points on uh, on Brandon Staley's uh, same defense. In fact, a healthier version of the defense uh, to start the the next season. So, but I mean, I think he does just respect uh, the level of how difficult it is to game plan against them. That he makes you uh, just bring an extra level of uh, game planning to uh, that matchup. And uh, boy, Mike Pitano, he had the whole off season that year to the for that week of game. So. Uh, the, so that probably helped him a lot in, uh, in that regard. And other than that, then I might look at uh, Leslie Frazier just because um, he's another veteran mine. He's had a, a year off, and um, uh, he would offer a lot of insight into the team that the Dolphins have to get over, which is the Buffalo Bills, having been there for, for so long uh, before the, he took this little uh, sabbatical hiatus, whatever um, it is in his mind. Uh, there are the internal candidates, uh, Anthony Campanelli, uh, who you know I love as a person, and uh, Ryan Slowick, who you know one of the Slowick brothers. They're both on the rise. So uh, he just one year as outside linebackers coach. He's up for it, interviewing, and then a couple of uh, uh, younger, uh, uh, up and coming outside candidates emerging. Chris Kiffin, uh, who uh, has a previous tie with uh, Mike McDaniel, and also Anthony Weaver with the Baltimore Ravens. So those intrigue me, but um, I feel like. It, to get a veteran uh, defensive mind might be more of the move because of this win now window that the Dolphins are in more so than 
just going with an unproven pro- promoting a guy on his way up. Uh, you know, you, this may not be the, the situation you want to do that in. Yeah, and I think you bring up a great point because I thought you you go in you go within because you stay with continuity. But now that Brandon Staley is kind of in the mix, Leslie, I don't think runs the exact same defense, but Brandon does. And so you you also don't want to have to make too many changes and you want as much continuity as possible. So the Brandon Staley one starts to make more sense to me only because of what you just said. The experience is already there with Brandon Staley. It's already proven. Whereas, unfortunately, with the guys, the assistant coaches you have with the Dolphins, they're really uh, – well, actually, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Hill, right, was the other guy. He, he, was, he, he was a defensive coordinator for a short time, right, for one year? Yes, uh, with the Chargers, it might have been might have been two. I, I'd have to look look it up again, but right so under Staley, under Staley. Yeah, yeah. So he has a little bit of uh, of of experience. So that's kind of the. And if you're Mike McDaniel, you don't have any more room to screw up anymore. You you have yeah. to get shit fixed next year, whether you like it or not, because you may not get a fourth year or. If you screw up next year, your fourth year is hot seat hell year for you. You know what I mean? Because if you screw up next year, by the end of that year, you're going to have 80% of the fan base wanting to fire you. And maybe they will. But if you hang on, you're barely going to hang on and you're going to be, you know, with a lot of heat. So he he has to do something this offseason that doesn't really upset the cart too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, and this is such an important hire for him uh, from that perspective because you felt like, okay, he's going into year two. He nailed it with the Vic Fangio hire. Uh, Josh Boyer was a holdover uh, from the previous regime and that Mike McDaniel wanted uh, uh, Fangio from the start, but then the sort of the, the Dolphins' internal push, whatever it was, to keep Boyer, keep the, some level of continuity on the previous defense, which was successful under Brian Flores, all that. Uh, but then he got the guy he wanted, and then now that guy is gone after one year. So uh, I think, Mike, yeah, from that regard, uh, you talk about scheme, probably wants that continuity uh, because this is already the style that he wanted on defense. And Brandon Staley is a, an understudy of Vic Fangio. He spent time under him both in Chicago when Fangio, last year he was defensive coordinator there, and then Denver won uh, that year, that 2018 season with the Bears got him into the head coaching ranks of uh, Fangio and uh, and then that way he was Brendan Staley was uh, was under him there in Denver then rose to become defensive coordinator for a year with the Rams uh, gets a head coaching job now going back into the coordinator ranks um, uh, based on, largely on some of his game game management decisions so uh, yeah I mean that's why I see him and it's like you said it's really important for Mike McDaniel to nail this hire. Yeah, he, he better nail this higher. Uh, what'd you think of uh, Ron Jaworski's comments about Vic Fangio? Did you hear him? Oh, yes, that uh, there was a more so a problem with the players uh, wanting to party and take part in the um, Miami lifestyle as opposed to uh, Vic Fangio's way of coaching. For those, that, for those that have not heard what Ron Jaworski told a radio show host – Let's or or podcast. I don't know what the hell it was, but let's hear from Ron Jaworski. Sean, 
Can you play that soundbite for us, por favor? It impacts me zero percent. Um, you know, coaches coach. And, uh, you know, I, I have connections as well around this league. And, you know, I, I hear another side of that story, that uh, there were some players on that defense that didn't want to work, you know, didn't want to put the time in, didn't want to put the effort in, didn't want to make the commitment to be successful. Guys like mm-hmm. to party at night. And, you know, South Beach is a really great place to party. And Vic tried to get those guys to push those guys to become harder workers and better athletes and more committed to their team. And he couldn't get through to those guys. So those are the guys that Vic was pushing, and they're the guys that are whining right now. Um, Javon Holland is not that guy. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. And, and, and read who Javon Holland is. No, no. When he's kicking rocks, see, that's the part where I call bullshit for Ron Jaworski. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 cause I've been thinking about this for the last 24 hours and I, uh, I, I don't know about the other guys. Okay, uh, who was the other guy? Was it Brandon Jones that complained? Right, I think it was, and and even Cam or who was it? it was no, no, well, uh, well, Javon Holland posted the the kicking rocks. And somebody then, else, uh, Cam, Cam Smith posted Cam. the uh, unlocked emoji. But then also Jalen Ramsey throughout the season and a lot of interviews was very open about that he wishes he was used in a different way. Um, okay, he was so sort of uh, the first one. Right. Jalen Ramsey, you, you want to tell me rookie Jalen Ramsey that was maybe a, a little bit immature and all that, that he came in like all of us when we grow up. But Jalen Ramsey now, after all these years, is as professional as it gets. He's very religious, by the way. He's putting up a he puts up something every single day. OK, and then Javon Holland. I don't even have to hang out with Javon Holland. All I need to do is see who he is. And that guy is too way, way mature and too intelligent to, to be doing stupid things out in the street. So I'm sorry. I don't know the other kid. I don't know Cam Smith well. So I, I don't know if he's a party guy or if he's not, if he's lazy, he's a hard work. I don't know the guy from a hole in the wall. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland, when it comes to character, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a 10 there. I'm good with those guys. So I call I call some bullshit on Ron Jaworski. You go ahead. Yeah, I mean, those are two guys that they have that dog in them, that, that phrase that we hear so often nowadays. Ramsey established. He is as established as it gets when it comes to that. You, you don't have to worry about him. And him more so it was – a. Complaints about how he was using the scheme. He wanted to do more, so it wasn't. He didn't want to work. Yeah. He would have made it back from that injury yeah. that quickly. Okay, yeah. come on, yeah. bro. Yeah, come well, on. yeah, that certainly was not the issue with him. He wanted to work more. He wanted to be more involved in the defense. It was actually quite the opposite. And Javon Holland, I mean, he, he's we've caught he is that dog uh, that that he's got. I mean, uh, you see it like when he has that ninety-nine yard hail mary. Uh, pick six, the way he uh, goes up, gets the ball, and he's immediately just uh, bolting it down the other way. It's just those type of plays, the, the range that he plays with. Uh, so but, I, I don't see him as – what he How he carries himself, my brother. That's all. I don't even care about the player. I look at Javon Holland, the man, the way he handles the media, the way he carries himself. He's just one of those dudes, bro. It, it, 
like seriously like you you can't tell that you know come on man you know and, and that that's that's where i was thinking overnight i'm going you're going after ramsey and holland yeah i'm not going with that sorry not going with that one sorry yeah on holland at least i'll say that uh certainly i wouldn't question necessarily his work ethic it's just he i mean he's he's a guy that's at least proven in that regard that he's got it up there. And then, uh, I mean, he did have an injury uh, late in the year and maybe, maybe Vic Fangio felt that he should have been out there. He should have been back sooner from it, but you never know what's going on behind the scenes as far as how a guy is, is healing is coming back from it. Uh, so he missed some time, tried to come back. He had to tap out of one game uh, because it wasn't working for him. Uh, so just oh, you know, that that's one of the odd, that's an odd injury, dude. Yeah. Uh, he had it on both knees, so he can't even compensate. Come on. on. Yeah. yeah, come on. I mean, that was – how do you come back from that? You, you, That's just a process. You you, you don't get to cheat. You don't get to use half of your body. You, you don't get to do it. You you can't work without both legs. You know what I'm saying? And, again, I – and nothing against Cam Smith, by the way. I apologize, Cam. I'm not saying you did anything. I'm not saying you didn't. I just don't know anything about you, man. So I can't defend you. But I am going to go out on a limb and say the other two guys, nah, 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 you're, you're, you're out. Go, go pick a, you know, if you're telling me Preston Williams doesn't want to work, okay. If you tell me, you know, Robbie Chosen's a little bit of, of, of uh, you know, aloof, okay. There. If you tell me Rachel Davis is a little consistent, let's go. I'm, I'm all good. I, 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 I have track record. I can see it. You're going to start picking on Javon Holland and Jalen Ramsey. Now we, we got to fight now. We're going to fight now. That's what we're going to do because that, no, 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 no way. Uh, so you when guys like that, you make it work with them, come on, bro. Those are leaders. And, and, and even, even previously we've mentioned, you know, like, all right, so I'm a younger guy, but I have some uh, somewhat of an old school mentality where sometimes it's both, it's a give and take players and the coaches that, uh, if the players are changing so much, Vic Fangio is used to one style of coaching. How come it was never a problem, his style of coaching uh, in past years? Okay, a little bit of that. But still, as a coach, you always – and this is what Mike McDaniel, I, I believe, wants to instill is uh, you adjust to the guys that you have. So a good coach is versatile in that regard in that he can understand the uh, guys that he has in the locker room, th those personalities, and fit – to how to make them their best. It's not that the players have to always adjust to, to the coach. Uh, it's more so that's the coach's job to adjust to the players that he has. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me tell you something. Um, I've known about Holland since the, since the draft. Okay. I kind of, when I was at onside on onside doing our thing, uh, we created draft profiles. Okay. And we would play them throughout the day leading up to the draft. So we and positions of need and whether it was offensive line or a wide receiver or whatever. And I, and I would pick a few of them. Do you know how many, how many profiles I made for safeties? How many? <laughs> Javon Holland is the only one I made. There was a reason why I did that. I didn't <laughs> tell anybody, but I just put it out there. Like, and if anybody picked it up leading up to the draft, like, damn, he has a variety of all the other, but in safety, which we need, he only picked one guy. I wonder why. And so, you know, I kind of threw it out there because I already knew about him and people in the NFL were telling me, uh, 
people all over the league love this kid. They loved his maturity. They loved his leadership qualities. Uh, uh, Javon Holland was one of those guys that was wanted by a lot of teams. Miami was one of the lucky ones to end up drafting him. But it was, you know, it's so that to me, it was just kind of funny when I hear Jaws say that. And, and to me, it just sounds like a, like an old Philadelphia Eagles player slash former employee slash Homer that is oh, just yes. going to kind of take the company line all the time. And, you know, that's not my style, bro. Yeah, I'm a I'm a hometown guy, but I'm not going to take the company line, uh, you know. That that's not going to be my deal, you know what I mean? But that's kind of what it came off of with Jaws, right? Well, when your source is Ron Jaworski in that case, who is a beloved Eagle and and so so on and so forth, you know he's giving you the Eagle side and whatever he's hearing, he's not hearing from inside the the Dolphins' current structure and locker room. He, he's not privy to that information to know that any of those players are out partying in Miami and that's sort of also kind of like uh, like a generalization made okay oh these Miami athletes they probably wanted to party too much they were out they were out and about instead of uh watching film every night or something because yeah. they're in Miami so I, I know what I, saw. I know what I saw Vic didn't use Ramsey to to shadow people I yeah. know what I saw Vic didn't blitz the Tennessee quarterback when he had to I know what I saw. Josh Boyer and Brian Flores blitzed the shit out of Lamar Jackson. And I predicted it last week. I said, and I was, uh, we're going to have Matt Verderon man, at 11. And I told Matt, I said, Matt, Spags is going to blitz the shit out of him because Fangio didn't. And, of course, if you have three or four seconds, any quarterback can complete some passes with three or four seconds. But if you get after Lamar and don't get, don't allow him to think, there's no way he's going to beat you. And sure enough, that's what they did. So to me, what I saw from Fangio was a guy that did not adjust because you have to adjust at times. Not everything is going to go your way. You're not going to be able to play your style of football all the time. There are times where you're going to be out of your comfort zone, but it's important for you to be out of your comfort zone. And that would have been those moments right there. You should have blitzed the shit out of Lamar Jackson. That's the only way you beat him. You're going to make a mistake or two, and he's going to pop a run, and it's going to happen, but you got to live with it. I, didn't they live with a 74-yard run last year? Am I Was it 74 or 75 yards, right? Am I yeah, correct? Yeah, like that. Right, yeah. A, yeah, a long play to Bateman. Rashad Bateman had a long touchdown. Right. You live with it. And in the second half, you kept getting after him, and you shut him down, and you came back and won the game. So to me, that's what I saw from Vic. A, a guy that refused to adjust and was set in his ways. You know, I talk a lot about Jimmy Johnson. He comes in, he's set in his ways, and, oh, oh, I can't trade uh, Dan Marino? Okay, so if I can't trade him, I'm going to trade away Irving Fryer. I'm going to trade away his pass-catching running backs. I'm going to take away audibles from him. Really? So that's going to make your team better? Is that what you're doing here? So, you know, I, I've seen coaches that are set in their ways, and they – set their team back. Mike McDaniel does that at times when he doesn't commit to the run like he's supposed to. And Vic Fangio did it last this past season where there were times he just would not adjust, dude. 
Yeah, yeah. And in fact, uh, yeah, you bring up that Ravens example. I mean, the John Harbaugh put that game a, a little bit too much on Lamar Jackson and let Steve Spagnolo sort of dictate that. I mean, you have the, the top rushing offense and uh, and you go to the pass that often in a game that it's not like it was out of hand, like they had to go to the air. Uh, you know, they, they could have kept the run game in it in the game plan for much longer. So similar also to uh, McDaniel in some cases. You, 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 hey, listen, what I keep saying is Tua is not Marino, so stop playing him like Marino. Tua is not John Elway. Tua is not Joe Burrow. And Tua is not Pat Mahomes. You need to play him the way you play Jordan Love, the way you play C.J. Stroud, the way you play Lamar Jackson. While they're all different in, in one way or another, you need to complement all these kind of guys with the run game. There are very few quarterbacks. I'm 57, and in the last 50 years, I don't know if I can name 15 quarterbacks that I would put back there and say, you have no running game for four quarters. Let's go. We got to do that for the next month. I can do that with Mahomes and Burrow. I can't do that with anybody else in the NFL. I can do that with Elway. I can do that with Marino. I can do that with Warren Moon. There's only a few of those guys in the history of the game, Jim Kelly or something. And even Jim Kelly had Thurman Thomas. Who's a freaking monster and a half? You know what I'm are saying? You giving that, are you giving that to Josh Allen? No, of course not. He doesn't have the accuracy to do that. Accuracy. Are you kidding me? He'll get in trouble every time by throwing interceptions. Mahomes and Burrow are the only guys that I you can say in a day, oh shit, the running game's over. We got we we gotta just sling it. Mahomes and Burrow are the only ones. And even with Mahomes, they ran the ball with uh, this kid 32 times. Well, not the kid, because he ran not 32, but they ran the ball 32 times. They didn't have a lot of success, but that's the difference. They were smart. They kept them honest. They kept expecting the run. Spags, I don't know what he did to them, but he he screwed with them right away, and they, they dumped the run. And you cannot do that in the NFL with 98% of the quarterbacks. You must compliment them with the run. You have to. Yeah. And that's just the thing everywhere. It's, it's not a Lamar thing. It's not just a Tua thing. It's really, in general, in the history of this game, bro, Bob Greasy, but we did, we, did, we did the math, right? Bob Greasy threw like 18 passes in two Super Bowls that they won. Okay? 18 or 19 passes in two Super Bowls. <laughs> that yeah, that was with with Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, and, and Jim Kick uh, back there. What, hey, when you have the Ravens, that's what you should have kept going against. You, have that, you, had you have to the twenty twenty three version. Yeah. yeah, you have to live and die with what you are. You can't go and try to be what you're not. That's that yeah. doesn't help yeah. you out. All right. Any defensive coordinator, any defense, they prefer to go up against an offense that's one dimensional. If you have to defend both the run and the pass, that that makes everything twice as difficult. Yep, exactly. And with that secondary, you just went and challenged the best secondary in the league in Kansas City. That was just stopping the run or not. Uh, commit. Oh, you broke up there, but yeah, especially when your your run game is the number one in the league. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, what do you got yeah. going on the Sun Sentinel so folks can check you out? Yeah, more um, uh, defensive coordinator updates, whatever comes up. And, uh, you know, that'll go through the week. It looks like it's definitely going through the weekend uh, with the interview schedule 
uh, going at least through Friday. And then, uh, yeah, uh, maybe uh, check in on, uh, on what's going on in the Pro Bowl. A lot of Dolphins out there. So uh, that could be uh, going on this weekend. And uh, I'll be posting a Dolphins Q&A. Uh, I, I tweeted uh, asking for Dolphins uh, questions. So uh, still taking questions over there if anyone wants uh, something answered, either online, on X, or in the Sun Sentinel. All right. Did you reach out to Deshaun Watson? Did I reach out to Deshaun Watson? Where am I going? Huh? Why, why would this- well, I, would, I would figure. I would figure you need a massage on that growing after being in Colombia for a few days. So you know, I'm just oh saying. I'm <laughs> on Twitter at Davis underscore. Florida Sun Sentinel, right here on the Welch and Rail Miami <laughs> Dolphins report. David, we love you, brother. We'll catch up later <laughs> yes, on. Yes, sir. All right, bro. Sounds good. Call my friends, Welton Rayom, 954-966-4646. This podcast replay is brought to you by Slowman's Home Security, where you can get a free doorbell camera. The first 40 Big O listeners call 1-800-ALARM-ME and get a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman Shield, and it includes an LED touchscreen, motion detector, three contacts, and backup battery. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Protect your family. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. You can call us 786-754-4664. Let's bring them aboard. Let's talk a little football to start off our number two of the program. The great Matt Verderam. Ready to go. He is going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, four trips now for them in five years. It's, uh, it's, it's been quite a run. It's uh, worked out. And, you know, look, they, they're the underdog again for the third straight week. So we'll see what happens. If you want to be a dumbass and give me points with Mahomes, I'll take it, schmuck. You go ahead. Last week, it was three. Then when it went to three and a half, I go, no, 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 no. Let me have that. And then it went to four. I, I doubled my bet. And then it went to four and a half, and I tripled my bet. And a, a buddy of mine actually got it at five, the son of a bitch, because yeah. I would have more money on. T- oh, you 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 saw that too? Yeah, I there, was a, there were a couple of books that went to five before the game. And I'm like, bro, this is a layup. Let's go, dude. And then the other thing, which I was just talking to David, how the hell do you not stay running if you're Baltimore? What, I don't know. What, was Spags like a really scary kid in Halloween or something? Does he have something in him? Because he scared them right out of the run early on, and they come. I don't know what they saw in that defense, but they were convinced that they weren't going to have success. So somehow or another, let's go attack their strength. It was it was very bizarre. I mean, the, the thing that made it so weird to me was a lot of people have pointed out, and correctly, like the Chief put seven, eight guys in the line of scrimmage. Teams have done that against the Ravens all year long. I mean, it's not like that's exactly new. The teams have stacked the box against Baltimore and said, look, you're going to have to beat it some other way. And yet, I just think Baltimore panicked. Like, I know that's not, like, dynamite and over-the-top analysis. I think when they saw the Chiefs go down the field on their first two drives and score two touchdowns, I think they started to just feel like, okay, we, we got to score. We got to match them. We got to match them. And they they got away from who they are. I mean, once once that game turned into Jackson throwing the ball against that secondary, the game was over. <laughs> like the Chiefs might have the best secondary in football. No, 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 no. There's no might. There's I mean, no might. 
And to sit there and throw the ball against Steve McDuffie the entire game was just insane. I I, honestly, when they got to halftime at 17 7, I felt like the game was over because I just didn't think Baltimore was was going to be able to score enough. And uh, look, it took a couple of end zone turnovers, but. In the end, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. I don't know how if you're Baltimore, you hand the ball to your running back six times, six times in a game that was one or two scores the whole time. It was very bizarre. Yeah, I, I did not understand that, and obviously, but again, you played right into their hands, and you saw all those deep balls. And, and by the way, yeah. I was, I don't know if you caught the announcers during the game. I don't know where were you watching the game, or you were just watching it live, so you weren't listening to the announcers, but they kept searching for uh, an interference flag, which. There were a couple times that, like, the end zone one with likely, it was kind of a little interference, but the pass was so short. Yeah, they're not going to call it. And then there were a couple other ones that the passes were so overthrown. All those deep balls pretty much were overthrown. And, 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 you know, the interesting part that I tell people, the two big plays he made, one came out of a sack that should have happened, and he gets out, he throws that bomb. Okay, which you're not going to live like that. More often than not, you will end up sacked. And then the other one was they tipped your pass, which is a negative, but your athleticism, you went and caught the damn ball. But yeah. just like just like the pass that you tried to throw to the side, and Chris tips it down, boom, it's over. And, and so these are all the things that I think I, I don't – and there's a part of me also, by the way. It's not all on Todd Munkin. It's also on Lamar because I think Lamar had a hard on this year to prove to people that I'm a pocket passer. And so that's why, to his credit, he stayed patient in the pocket as much as possible to find people. And, yeah, there were times like when our stupid-ass Dolphins, you know, Boyer and Flo for two years blitzed the shit out of him. And as I told you last week, I told you, Spags needs to blitz the shit out of him. And that's exactly what you got to do. Because you can't allow him to sit there and think and have three and a half, four seconds because any quarterback in the NFL is going to burn your ass if you give him three and a half, four seconds. Don't let him think. And to me, that's the problem with Lamar this year. He got away from who he is also. And maybe he's tired of the injuries and the bumps and the bruises, but it's just like Josh Allen. It's the same thing where a lot of us were wrong. Oh, dude, they run Josh too much. That's stupid. Well, guess what? That's the only way he can play because he back there and throw 40 times. If he does, he's going to throw three or four interceptions. Yeah, look, I mean, in the end, the, the Ravens are not built to throw the ball 37 times, which is how many times they threw the ball. And if you, if you told me before that game they're throwing the ball 30 or more times, I would have said, oh, they're, they're, they're going to lose. I mean, they're going to lose that game. They panicked. And I think one thing that in that game really shown through was the experience and the lack of it in some cases. You know, I mean, you have before the game, Justin Tucker's on the side of the field and he's kind of getting in Mahomes' way. And it's like, what, man, what are you doing? Just go to the other side of the field, go to where you normally are. Then on top of that, it, there's five personal fouls in the game, all by Baltimore. And yeah. a lot of them just dumb, just dumb oh, stuff. I mean, Clowney, Clowney could have hit Mahomes, but he, he leads with the helmet. It's a penalty 10 times out of 10. Travis Jones was like he wasn't thrown out. He basically tried to take his head off. That's 15 yards. Kyle Van Noy, third guy in. You're going to get 15 yards. I mean, Zay Flowers, you push the guy down. You spin the ball on his face. You're, saying, I mean, you're, you're going to get flagged. Like, those uh, five penalties. The linebacker, linebacker, he puts the offensive lineman he on his ass. He drills him. Yeah, I mean, it's – and you know what? That, to me, 
that along with the, 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 the departure from the run game. That was experience. That was just panic and not knowing what to do. I also think, frankly, Kansas City did something I didn't think they could do. They just bullied them. They just intimidated them from the start of the game. Physically, they had a seven-minute drive and a nine-minute drive to start the game. They basically just said, look, we're going we're gonna to push you all over the field. And Baltimore, to Baltimore's credit, in the second half, they responded. But by the time they responded, they were down 10 points. Right. And it was, it was too what, late. What I love is your team sucked running the ball. But yeah, but they kept doing it. <laughs> but you didn't stop because yeah. you kept those linebackers and that D-line honest. They right. knew because the, the beauty of that is, and again, for, for the Ravens, and by the way, for Todd, if you're watching, if you run more, there's like less people like getting after your quarterback moron. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's what I was saying before you came on. There's only two guys in the league that I would trust and say, you have no running game tonight. You got to sling it 40 times and it's Mahomes and Burrow. And it ends there. I agree. I agree. Now there's a reason why Burrow gets injured all the time. When you do that, (laughs) people are teeing off on you. And Andy Reid would not have none of that. You're not just going to tee off on Mahomes. We're not going to tell you, yeah, we've abandoned the run and we're just going to pass. And so now everybody's confident and now they're going to blitz and they're going to, brother, they were taking shots at Mahomes, but they weren't able to tee off on him. Can you imagine if they would have been able to tee off on Mahomes? There you go. It was just, a, it was a very bizarre game by Baltimore. It was a team that it felt like there was, there was desperation almost from seven, nothing. I mean, it was just a bizarre Game, I mean, you have Gus Edwards rip off a 15-yard run on your second drive. The guy doesn't get the ball again until the third quarter. It was yeah. just weird. I mean, everything about it was weird. Quite honestly, Baltimore's lucky they weren't down by a, a heck of a lot more at halftime. I mean, there's a, a penalty, which is fine. You know, it's a hold on Smith that comes back. Um, you know, they, they turn the ball over. Reed's got to take the goddamn field goal, dude. you yeah, got to yeah. goddamn kick, field goal. Go for, go, yeah, I agree. I mean, they, they, that game easily could have been 20, 24-7. At halftime, and that game's over. I mean, we're not even having this conversation. That game's a, a blowout. It's a runaway. Yeah. But, you know, it's, for Baltimore, it's tough. I mean, now you go into the offseason, and you got a ton of free agents. I mean, whether you're talking about Clowney or you're talking about Matabike or you're talking about Beckham uh, or Zeitler. Or, I mean, on and on and on. There's a t- Geno Stone. I mean, you had seven picks this year. There's a lot of guys who are free agents. And so now you're to a point, like, if you're Baltimore, that was probably your best shot because now Jackson's contract kicks in. You're paying huge money to him. And you're going to lose a lot of these guys. I mean, you'll keep a few of them, but you're going to lose a lot of them. And you have other guys in that team who are older. Van Noy just had nine sacks. He's not having nine sacks again. I mean, you, you had a year where you got, you got you know, by, Queen, by the way, is another one's a free agent, Patrick Queen. Like, you have yeah. another, you know, what, how many years, how many good years out of Marlon Humphrey are left? You know, I mean, how many really good years? It, it's tough. You're losing a lot of guys. J.K. Dobbins, I have no idea at this point, health-wise, what, what he can give you going forward. It's been unfortunate, but he's hurt all the time. So if you're the Ravens, I mean, you got, you got, listen, they're going to be good. But that team was loaded. And to lose that game and score 10 points, that's a brutal way to end it. Yeah. By the way, they got the Keaton kid that got injured. He'll come back, and that's probably yes. will be Dobbins' replacement. Yeah, I, he's a, I believe he's a fifth rounder, so he's cheap. Yeah, so yeah he was day three. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'll help out. Here's the other thing, okay? So the season started all screwed up for the Chiefs with the offense and frustrations and all that. Now it's turned into a glorious finish at the end. But then the other thing that's kind of developed that we didn't see coming, is this the best defense that Pat Mahomes has ever had? Oh, yeah. Oh, 
God, yeah, easily. I mean, this they in Baltimore, right, the two best defenses in the NFL this year. I mean, that was the one thing we talked about last week, I believe. Yeah. I thought it was really underplayed. I mean, they're number two in almost everything defensively this year, everything. I mean, number two in sacks, number two in pressure rate. Uh, against the pass, they were number one in a variety of categories or number two, depending on what you were looking at. And I, you know, it makes for an interesting game against the 49ers because, quite honestly, I have a feeling in this game, I think the Chiefs are going to eject it to, to, to the Ravens. They're going to put a bunch of guys to the line. They're going to blitz the hell out of Purdy. They're going to put Steve McDuffie on an island outside. They're going to say, go ahead, beat, right. beat us. And, I mean, it's a weird game because you I don't have a secondary to do it. That's the that's, that's the why. They can just match up. They don't care. They, they can right. match up with you. They, they got three or four corners they trust, two of which are all pro-level players. And, and, they, the most, and the most physical secondary in the NFL, by yes. the way. Yes. I mean, Sneed especially. Sneed basically plays yeah. it like it's a boxing Ask Tyreek Hill. Ask Tyreek yeah, right. Hill and Ragdolls. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, that's going to be fascinating because it, it's weird. Normally, you think of the Niners and the Chiefs, and you think, well, the Niners are the defensive team. And that really isn't the case. I mean, the Chiefs this year have been much more of a defensive team. The Niners are an average defensive team in a lot of metrics this year. I mean, it's been – so you have Mahomes going against the weaker of the two defenses, and you have Spagnuolo against Purdy. I mean, for me, if the Niners are going to win this game, Purdy's got to play the best games ever played. Because yeah. if he doesn't, they're just going to say, well, you're not running the ball, and we're going to just tee off constantly. And you're going to have to deal with it. It's a, it, look, If they win the Super Bowl this year, Mahomes is going to get all the credit, which, listen, that's part of the deal. You get the credit, you get the play as a quarterback. That defense is the reason they're winning the Super Bowl. I mean, Mahomes has been has been terrific down the stretch, but that defense is the single reason they're in the position they're in right now. I've already made three bets. I took them at one. I took them at plus one and a half, and I took them at plus two now. You want to keep doing that? Go ahead, bro. You want to keep giving me points? Go ahead. I was shocked. Watch, I me, take, watch me take the money line also. Okay? I was shocked. I was shocked they weren't underdog in the game. Like, when that line broke, I respect San Francisco, but I was like, it's Mahomes and Purdy. You're going to take like, – like, I'm not a gambler. I don't bet. But to me, if I ever did, that would be like a mortgage payment on that. Like, you're going to – I mean, you have Mahomes and Purdy, and Mahomes is playing against the worst defense. Like, I, I just couldn't – I was like, my God. Like, I could see it if it was years ago when they played, you know, Buckner and Armstead and, and Ford and that whole line with Bosa and, and Sherman and, and Jimmy Ward in the backfield. I mean – who, like, it's not It's not a great Niners defense. I mean, Armstead's still there. He's not the player he once was years ago. Bosa's an excellent player. The linebackers are very good. And Ward's a very good corner. But, like, the rest of that defense, you can attack it. You can go after it. And I, yeah. and they don't do a whole lot of disguising. They kind of play a very static defense. If Mahomes knows what you're doing, it's over. I mean, he's going to throw the ball over. And I just – I was shocked. I saw that line. I was like, wow, okay. They're on the ball. By the way – Kelsey is playing at an incredibly high level. That catch he made in the middle of the field. It was one, was, one, it was a, a sensational throw because he put it where only Kelsey could catch it, but the effort Kelsey made to catch it. Yes. You know, he's now he's now in that zone too, which is also, you know, scary. Well, so I, that, that, that's going to knowing be cool. knowing them well, um one thing about this game that will be a legitimate factor is they got to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with the chance to repeat, and it was the worst night of their lives. They, they got blown out. They couldn't block. If you don't think that that is in the minds of everybody who played on that football team a couple of years ago, I mean, especially the guys with legacies on it, where they're going to be sitting there going, well, nobody's done this in 20-plus years. Well, we, we had a shot, and we blew it. I mean, I, I think of the four teams they've played in the Super Bowl, this, is the, this Niners team is probably the weakest in the four. I mean, I thought the Eagles were better a year ago. 
Uh, the Buccaneers had Brady. I mean, that alone, they're, they're right. this carrier. And then that, that first Niners team, that team was a more complete team. That team was ridiculous on defense. I, you know, look, I respect this 49ers team. I think they're good. But I just think this is – this might be one of those games where it's a little bit of a buzzsaw. I mean, Kansas City is just – they're rolling right now. They didn't play well all year long. They're playing well now. And they're, yeah. they're just trucking people. Again, it's what we talked about. Teams like this get bored with the regular season. Yeah. And now that the heat has picked up the last couple of weeks, th- right. this is what they want. They love this shit. And th- you know what? I think Kansas City becomes more dangerous now because they're coming off two road wins, something yeah. they had never done before. So now you're also trying to do something you had never done before, win back-to-back Super Bowls on top of right. all of it. So you're just fueling this fire for this team. There's uh, Now there are carrots dangling in front of them. Oh, you don't think we're good enough. Oh, Vegas doesn't think we're good enough. Oh, okay, great. Oh, you think we're over the hill. Oh, you think we can't play. Oh, you think Kelsey's done. Oh, you think – and so you just given them also bulletin board material. And then, you know, and then this defense has surprised us to be as great as they are now, too, on top of all of that, because this secondary that they drafted two years ago has matured into the best secondary in the NFL. That's some pretty impressive shit. It's funny. A, you're right. B, you know, they've been underdogs four times in the last two years in the playoffs, and obviously they're, they're four and up. I mean, they've won all these games. Um, it's, I, it, you know, listen, this is more of a gut feel than anything else. I just feel in this game like the Chiefs are going to be motivated to the hilt in this game for all the reasons you just mentioned. But I just think Mahomes, I mean, let's face it, at this point, he's not chasing anybody playing right now. He's chasing ghosts. And to do that, you know, if you repeat, you join a very select few guys who have ever done that. And you join, you know, the obviously Brady, Montana, Aikman, Greasy, Starr, Bradshaw. But in the Super Bowl, or excuse me, the salary cap era, the only guy to ever do it is Brady and, and Elway. Those are the only two guys. I mean, right. a, you know, Aikman did it one year in the cap, one year not. But like, it, you look at this. I mean, this is just an opportunity. Look, I think I think it's going to be a good game, but I I really do feel like in this game, the Chiefs. Sometimes you just look at a team, you know, like they're just playing their best right now. They're the they're the best they've been right now, and that team, and they get a week off here. Obviously, so do the Niners. But you know, Kelsey get out, get that week of rest. Uh, they'll get. They should get Willie Gay back. That'll be big for the middle of their defense. I mean, it's just they're playing. They're playing lights out. They're playing great football. How, uh, what kind of a loss is Charles? Because he had, I believe, seven sacks in eleven yeah. games. So he was a nice little pickup in free agency, dude. Very nice. Very nice. It's unfortunate. He uh, he was excellent for him. I mean, look, they have depth there. They have Carl Loftus and, and Mike Dan, who I think had seven and a half sacks this year. Uh, he'll play a lot, and, and they they kick Jones outside on third down. So they they'll do that. I mean, they, but is it a loss? He's a loss for sure. I don't expect Tooney to play either. Uh, I think Tooney's going to be out for that game. So, um, you know, they're going to be missing those two guys. I think Gay will be back. Uh, I don't think anybody else will be missing that wasn't missing in the AFC title game. They got out of that relatively healthy outside of Amenahu. But he's a loss. That said, I think, you know, one of the one of the strengths, one of the reasons that defense has been so good this year is their depth. They just have so many guys who can come in and play. But he's definitely a loss. He's been, he's been excellent for them this season. Okay. Uh, before I ask you about the senior bowl, one question. And I got to tell you, I, I forgot I, the tweets out there. I told you right when it happened. I think you were kind of like talking about the trade a little bit. And I told you Ananobi would be a fantastic compliment <laughs> to the guard. It's working. And, and in fact, I told you, I think in that same tweet, I told you if the Knicks get one more star. Right. 
they're a contender. Okay. Cause I, I, I like uh, the big guy. I don't really look at him as a superstar or anything, but I think they need one more star next to him. But let me tell you, Ananobi, brother, that's been, that's been a hell of a pickup for you guys. That uh, was yeah. a perfect fit, dude. They're, they're 14 and two since that trade. And they, right now they don't have Randall and Brunt and, and Ananobi didn't even play the last two games. And, since Ananobi, I, I hope I'm not wrong with this. I think they've won by an average of 19 points per game. I mean, they're just annihilating teams. They, they killed Denver. They killed Philly. Uh, they just beat somebody else the other day. It was pretty – oh, Miami. Yeah, they beat the Heat in, in a game that was close to the fourth quarter, and they pulled away. Yeah, everybody beats the Heat right now. I know. Yeah, it is true. It is true. But they'll be fine. The Heat, they'll, they'll be a seventh seed, and they'll, they'll, they'll be in the conference final. But it's uh, – no, they've been unbelievable. The Knicks have been – I mean, it's the best they've been since the 90s when I, I was a kid. And they had Ewing and Oakley and Starks and all those guys. No, it's been uh, it's been fun. It's been great. All right. So, uh, what anything stand out so far at the uh, Senior Bowl? Yeah. You know, I tell you, I like some of these receivers. I really do. Uh, you know, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son uh, out of USC, he's he's looked great. He's been good. I talked to him a little bit yesterday. Uh, you know, look, everybody here lost Lad McConkey out of Georgia. Everybody's obsessed with him. Um, you can see he runs nice shots. I'll tell you what, out of your state, uh, Pearsall for the Gators, he's he's I led my notebook with uh, with he he Roman Wilson and uh, and Brendan Rice yesterday. Those three Watch out those Gator receivers there, I know. I know, I know, but he looks great. He's, he's been the best route runner here, him and McConkey. Um, I, I was impressed by that. I, and then you know, I thought the quarterback so far, I think, have been so so. I mean, Penix and, and Nick's, I thought Nick's was was okay yesterday probably the same with Penix I thought Hartman struggled for Notre Dame uh yeah I thought he had a tough day um but you know the quarterbacks have kind of been the storyline here of course as they always are and I, I thought they were okay yesterday they're they're actually starting to do team drills now with some of these guys I'm curious to see how they play today I'd, see, I'd like to see them pick up their games a little bit all right Good stuff. And look at you looking at receivers, knowing that Kansas City is probably going to add one in the uh, draft. There's a ton of them out here. What do you want me to do? I I got my eyes. I'll, I'll tell you what, on the defensive side of the ball, flip it around. I like Hall out of Ohio State, the D lineman. He's got, he, he put a nasty spin move on a tackle yesterday. I like him. And then the corner, I, there's a lot of corners actually here, pretty good. A couple of kids out of Penn State. Uh, Kalen King, I like him a lot. Uh, Dixon's a guy who, like, I think he needs to be refined. He's like overly physical. But if you can work on his feet, I think he could be pretty good as like a day three pick. And then the kid Cam Hart out of Notre Dame, I like him. Big kid, big kid, long. I, I think he uh, he might be a, a guy who rises during this process. Yeah, and, and look at you looking at a defensive lineman because again, Chris Jones. They can draft, they can draft anybody. I'm trying to I'm trying to cover the whole thing. <laughs> I I know where you're coming from. I know your Chiefs. I know what they might be looking for. So I understand you. You 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 always play chess, bro. I know the rest of us are playing checkers. You're playing chess. All right, what do you got going on in Sports Illustrated? So folks hey, can check out my friend. Actually, so I will pedal it one more time. So right now, this week, we're it's a five part series, and it's uh, the 50 most influential teams in NFL history. Um, go online at si.com. Go check it out today. It's 30 through 21. We're releasing them 10 teams at a time. So the first 30 are out. I'll tell everybody here, the 1984 Dolphins are already released. They're out on the list. There are, there's another Dolphins team to come, as you can imagine. Uh, but uh, listen, go check that out. I, I interviewed Nat Moore for that, uh, for that part of it. Um, it's, it's been great. It's, it's in print. It's 16 pages if you want to read it in print. But it's, it's, it, the word count is cut down significantly in print because it has to be. 
online, it's about 5,000 words a day. But it is, it is not just me. It is panelists talking, but it is also guys like Nat Moore, guys like Dan Fouts, guys like Bob Trumpy, uh, you know, Joe Namath, you name it. They're in there. So uh, please check that out. It was a six-month-long piece of work. Of, it, it took a while. So I'd appreciate it if people go read it. Nat Moore, one of the finest human beings Great on guy. the entire planet. Great okay? guy. You will not find a better human being than Nat Moore. He is just outstanding. And so are you, sir. Follow Matt Verderam on Twitter at Matt Verderam and catch his work there at Sports Illustrated. Matt, as always, have a great week, my friend. Enjoy Mobile, and I'm going to miss that barbecue with you. I know. I'm going there in about a half hour. I'll miss right. you. Take care. You got it, brother. Be good. There you go. The great Matt Verderam. We love him, man. Great segment, as always. We appreciate it big time. Oh, man. What else? What do we have here on the chat board? Uh, I don't know if Reed or Mahomes said it, but the offense wasn't there to score in the second half. They were there just to take time off. If the Ravens made it close, the Chiefs would have scored the next drive. Well, they also left a field goal right there at the end of the game. And they left a field goal in the first half. Those are six points there they easily could have had on top of everything else uh, that was going on. Uh, either way, man, uh, listen, that's a good defense that Baltimore has. It was just amazing how the Chiefs got them completely out of their game that quickly. So, yeah. Uh, Jermaine says, also overthrew an open receiver on a deep pass down the sidelines. Well, if you watched, Lamar overthrew several receivers because that's kind of what he does down the sidelines. Uh, Gus says, have you noticed that San Francisco, Detroit, and Kansas City, everybody touches the ball on their offense. Take notes, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, exactly. We know. He's got to use the running game a lot more. He's got to spread the ball around. Okay? He's got to get plays in on time. There's a, a lot of things he's got to do. He's got to start winning challenges on a consistent basis. Lamar is a mid-QB, but an elite runner. Exactly. That's it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eli Apple was one of those guys who likes to party a lot and said Cam Smith should have started over Eli Apple. That's what Omar Kelly said. Well, I don't know. Uh, I didn't listen uh, to what Omar Kelly said, and I can just tell you that we'll find out about Cam Smith this coming season. We'll see if it was that the old man just had it out for him. We don't know. We'll find out. But you don't don't be telling me that Javon Holland wants to go out and party and and Jalen Ramsey. No, dude. Sorry. Uh, that 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 shit with with Jaws doesn't fly. So, you know, uh, the those are when when Javon Holland is complaining about you, I have a problem with the person he's complaining about. Do you know what that means? That means I trust Javon Holland more. Then I trust Vic Fangio or uh, Ron Jaworski, especially Ron Jaworski, who knows nothing inside the building with the Dolphins. I have, I have more access than Ron Jaworski in the Dolphin building 30 years ago. Now it's not even close. But when I was first getting into the business, I had more connections in that building at that point. And I didn't have a lot of connections at that point. 
So I, I don't think Ron Jaworski knows jack shit about what's going on here, to be quite honest. And when you're telling me that the people complaining and then those were partying and then that's Javon Holland and that's Jalen Ramsey, you lost me there. You lost all credibility with me right there. You're done. I want nothing to know with you anymore. By the way, Bitcoin is racing to 44,000 right now. It's at 43,448. Uh, it's been going up steady here for the last couple of hours here. So looking for that fifth straight month in the green Bitcoin. That's pretty damn impressive, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty damn impressive. And we'll see what happens in two hours when when Powell addresses the, me the media. Hopefully he uh, he gives some positive stuff. Ando's back down to 22 when I told you last week. It went up to 26, right? And so now it's down to 22, and I'm getting in now. I'm going to get in uh, on a little Ando now. Uh, I was thinking about it. But now I'm in. Uh, by the way, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. And, of course, you can make a Bitcoin donation too, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. Um, let's, uh, let's get to our three graphic sports calendar before I get to what I want to talk about with the Dolphins and the Heat. Uh, and the NFL, we got, we got a couple of uh, hot-button subjects I want to get into. But first of all, Alan Blanco and the great people at 3A Graphics last night. The Canes lost to, lost to NC State 74-68. to They've got Vatek noon on Saturday. Tonight, the Kings and the Heat in action. Uh, 7.30, the tip. No Duncan Robinson. He's out. Panthers off till next Tuesday. All-Star Weekend. They'll take on the Flyers on the 6th of February, next Tuesday, the day I get my operation on my foot. Um, Saturday, it'll be FAU, the number 20 team in the country. They've moved up in the standings. They will host Tulsa, 6 o'clock. And tonight, 7.30, baby, the Sharks are roaming the waters. They're visiting Lynn University and those fighting Knights. NSU, of course, 15 and 2, 9 and 2 in the conference, 3 and 2 on the road. Lynn, by the way, is 9 and 0 at home. So they have not lost at home. So Nova looks to hand Lynn their first loss at home. That is your 3A graphics sports calendar, custom printing, and embroidery. Call Alan Blanco and the great people at 3A graphics. They will get it done. I promise you that. Um, heat wise. So the Heat have got some issues. They've lost seven in a row. They are eleven and five in their five and eleven in their last sixteen, which is way more depressing than seven in a row. Five and eleven in the last sixteen. They've got the Kings tonight. I don't know why the Heat are favored by a point and a half. That is just absolutely weird, to be quite honest. And now we've got people on ESPN coming out and saying, oh, they should trade Jimmy Butler. This is the deal. This is what's coming out now. Trade Jimmy Butler. Time to trade for Jimmy Butler. And these are these weak-ass hot takes that we get on ESPN 
because, you know, it's so obvious. This is the stuff that fans come up with. You know, trade Butler now when it's, like, brutally obvious. And it's almost impossible to trade him. Most teams cannot take on Jimmy's ego. Most teams can't handle Jimmy's ego. Most teams will not want to pay him $50 million a year while he plays 65% of the games. And maybe 50% of the games, because some of the games he's playing, he's not even trying. So I don't need, brother, I don't even know it's 50. Maybe it's 35% of the games where he actually tries. Hard to trade for that. And then it's also very injury prone. So this is a guy that's going to miss games or take games off. It's interesting, right? So it sounds cute there. Oh, no, let's go trade Butler now. But Kendrick Perkins, of course, does not get it. So these are lazy takes. But that's all you get on ESPN. That's what you get on Fox. And that's what you get in local radio a lot of times. Lazy ass takes. That's a lazy take. It's a lazy take because you didn't think about it. You didn't realize where they're at now with the salary, his age, his wear and tear, and who he is. How many teams, think about this, how many teams can take on Jimmy Butler, the character, the injury history, and salary? Well, a lot. There aren't a lot of teams saying, yeah, we'll make $50 million. You know what they're going to do? They're going to unload bad salaries on you. That's what's going to end up happening. Now, if you trade him two or three years ago, you don't have the last couple of years of watching him not give a shit about the regular season. Because everybody in the league, in the world, knows that Jimmy Butler doesn't give a shit about the regular season. So it's really nice for Kendrick Perkins to go off and, hey, it fills some time, but it makes little to no sense because you waited too long to do it. You had to do it two or three years ago. Doing it now is going to be near impossible because most teams don't want him. And Philadelphia would have been the only real logical place because they're kind of desperate to get over the hump. I don't know. Have you seen anything on the Joel Embiid news yet? But I hope it's not a serious injury because if it is, they're out too now. That's like the only place I can think because Joel Embiid will fight for him. But they are going to give you, you know, something back. And it may not be a good salary. And it may be another player that's overpaid. So are you just better off? keeping Butler on your roster for the last two years that are left and just get out of the contract. And this is why I kept, you know, every time Ira tells me about extensions, I lose my mind. Okay. And Ira's been about giving him the extension. I would hope that, you know, writers locally change their tune. You know what I mean? Because it does not make any sense to give Jimmy Butler an extension. And trading him, you're not really, you know, if you're going to give me back Tobias Harris and I have to take that salary for that many years and he's overpaid, yeah, I'm not doing that. So Philly chose Tobias Harris over Butler. Now they realize they need Butler, not Tobias Harris. 
So we're going to give you Tobias Harris back if you give us Butler. Yeah, I, why make that trade? So let's just go through the two years and wait till and and, and then get it off the books. I know they will be better because Spo is the man. He'll figure shit out. He's awesome. Spo is amazing. But at the same time, we know what this team is. They're not championship caliber. They don't have an they don't have that other star that they need. And we all love Bam Adebayo the player. Some of you unfortunately have a complete misunderstanding who he is as a player. And so he's not a star. And certainly, Tyler isn't a star. So if you can't acquire a star, the Jimmy Butler thing doesn't work. It, you'll have some nice runs, but you're not, you're not going to win a championship. We'll see what happens. I doubt they trade Butler. And I doubt they can acquire a star, too, in the process. That's all I can say. All right? Now, this leads me to a frustrating yet funny-ass story in the NBA. I mean, an absolutely funny-ass story in the NBA. And it's one of those karma stories where I get the one player that's mad, but at the same time, I'm just going to sit back and say, Hey, NBA players, screw you. Okay? All of you NBA players, screw you. I have no sympathy for NBA players. Screw all of you. Tyrese Halliburton. The NBA initiated a new 65-game rule for players to qualify for regular season accolades. The idea was eradicated from load management, the frequent resting of players. However, when a player such as Tyrese Halliburton misses time due to a legitimate injury, he stands to lose more than $40 million for no fault of his own. The flip side of the rule that has many enraged. Having missed 14 games already, Halliburton can't afford to sit out only three more games to remain in contention for an all-NBA honor and the financial bonus that comes with it. The 23-year-old inked a five-year contract extension last July with a base salary of $204.5 million. That could increase to $245 million, provided he makes an all-NBA team or wins Defensive Player of the Year. Halliburton says, I think it's a stupid rule, like plenty of the guys in the league, but this is what it is and what the owners want. So as players, we got to do our job and play in 65 games if we're able to. So that's what I got to do, take care of my body to be able to play in those games. And I think you're seeing other players in the league kind of face the same thing as long as owners are happy. Hey, Tyrese. Um, it's about the fans, not about you, dude, not about all of your teammates across the league, and not about the stinking owners. The owners are trying to help save their game because too many idiots around the league, Tyrese, just take games off. And guess what, Tyrese? You don't get your money. 
Do you feel bad for the family of four that spent $250 on parking, tickets, and concessions, and Jimmy Butler didn't play? Or Tyrese Halliburton didn't play? Or LeBron James didn't play? Or Joel Embiid chose to take a night off? Do you feel sorry for them, Tyrese? You know what I'm saying? Because those families will never see $204 million like you are. See, here's where I tell NBA players to go themselves. Pretty simple, NBA. Go yourself. You schmucks only have to play 82 games in a season. You don't even work the whole year. You don't even work for a lifetime, you bunch of lazy pieces of shit. You know, I'm tired of whining millionaire players. Okay? I get that Tyrese Halliburton is frustrated, and maybe he's a character guy that doesn't take games off, and he had a legitimate injury, which he did. But, hey, bro, you work in a lazy league. You work in a league that wants to steal the fans' money because they're not willing to put in an every day's, a hard day's work every single day like they're supposed to. And yet fans are paying to see you every game. And some fans travel. Some fans can only go to three or four games or one game a year, and they spend a fortune. And when they get there, all of a sudden, Trey Young's not playing because he wants to take a night off. So this rule had to be created because you people are too freaking lazy, disrespectful. Yeah, NBA players, you're all disrespectful. You're all lazy. You're all pathetic. You're all a freaking embarrassment, dude. You're getting paid millions of dollars. They're asking you to play 82 games in 365 days a year. You fly in the best planes. You have the best hotels, the best food, the best training. Michael Jordan had a tenth of what you had. And he played every night. And, and went to casinos the night before. And till two in the morning, then came out and scored 40 points on your ass the next day and was going through the McDonald's drive-thru and then playing again. Alonzo Mourning did not want to take a night off. You know, that that's what I respect. I don't respect shit in the NBA in the regular season. Why? Because you don't give a shit about the about the fans. You don't care about the game. Don't give me this selfish bullshit. Don't give me this wear and tear stuff. I don't give a shit about your wear and tear. Brother, you signed up. You signed the contract. The coal miner doesn't get to pick and choose what days he wants to go down. Nah, you know, my lungs feel a little hard today. I, you know, I don't feel like going down there. No, that's your job is to go down there. Sorry, you know, I don't feel like patrolling the streets. I might get shot today. Sorry, you're a cop. You decided to take this job. They don't take days off. They can't take days off. We all have days off, but you can't go taking whatever you're supposed to work 
Cops just can't call in and say, I'm supposed to work, but I don't feel like it today. You think a judge wants to deal with 80 people on the docket every day and dealing with idiots and their minds are going crazy and teachers and all that? They got to go to work. NBA players are like the only people in the world that are getting paid millions of dollars to do jack shit. So Tyrese Halliburton, bro, I'm sorry that you're going to lose 40 million maybe. I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you won't. Maybe you have luck and you stay healthy all year. But I don't really give a shit. I have no sympathy for any NBA player. Why should I? You don't care about the league. You don't care about the fans. You don't even care about your own team winning, Jimmy Butler. You don't give a shit. You don't give a shit. Jimmy Butler doesn't give a shit. Not during the regular season. And he's all right with that, by the way. He knows everybody's saying that about him. He knows everybody knows that about him. And yet he's going to continue. Thanks, Greg Popovich. That guy can't suffer enough. Okay? I am enjoying every suck-ass season he has post their uh, big three. It's fantastic to watch. He does. He can't lose enough in my book. Vladi Divac brought us flopping, and Popovich brought us laziness. Oh, wear and tear. Oh, screw you, dude. You're you're retiring at 33 or 35 or 30 years old with a bag of money in your bank. Get out of my face. Get out of my face, dude. Wear and tear, you wussies. I mean, M the NBA is just, you know, they're derelicts. That's what they are. They have they they just are lazy and don't care about their responsibilities. And that's it. So I have zero sympathy for for NBA players, since they have zero sympathy for you. Anyway. Uh, Brooklyn Rob, will the contest tonight include bulletproof vests like they use in Arkansas? <laughs> uh, I don't think we'll have any of those. Uh, right or wrong, Holland shouldn't be yapping on Twitter like a teenager, shaking my head, handle it like a man in person. Um, what does that mean? He put a thing on, on Instagram. So the guy leaves after a year. And that's pretty much dissing the team and the and the and the defense, and so jo, um, Javon Holland can express himself. I completely disagree with you. I have no problem with that. Uh, Big O, are you concerned with the current showings that Inter might? No, dude, it's preseason, dude. Who gives a shit about preseason? Anybody worried about preseason? Oh, come on, dude. Frankie, please. Let's go. It's preseason, dude. Yes. You know, there's a big matchup on Thursday, right? I don't know. What's what's the matchup? What are we talking about? Inter-Miami. I don't know who they're playing. Ronaldo and Messi. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're over in uh in, in Saudi um, Arabia. Saudi Arabia, yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Well now Ronaldo's out. Oh he is? <laughs> yes, he's out. <laughs> Calf, he's gonna miss this game. It's a it's preseason. It's a friendly. Who gives this shit, dude? Preseason? You're saying preseason? Exactly. We're talking preseason. We're talking exhibition. Exhibition? Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about exhibition, dude. Uh, Jets let go of Connor Hughes, assistant GM. Guess Joe Douglas, assistant GM to Aaron Rodgers. Yep, yeah, basically, because thirteen eighty eight. That's a good one. Oh, can we trade Hero for what? For what? What's he worth? What's he worth? I mean, you're not going to get shit for Hero. Uh, Jimmy Butler is one of those guys, Big O. He basically takes the regular season off. I know. And that's why it, it'll be very hard to impossible to trade him. You, He's already shown you the last couple of years how he handles it, and teams aren't going to want that. That that By the way, that rule that Halliburton is suffering from, it should be called the Jimmy Butler rule since he sets the example on how to take days off. Uh, man of a thousand five holds advancing technology and medicine and still players of the eighties and nineties are still tougher than those guys now. Yeah. Oh God. It's not even close. He loves the playoff Jimmy moniker. Yeah. yeah Cause that's the only time he plays. Uh, Sean whore, Leslie Frazier could be the guy you never know. My man could be him. Could be Brandon Staley. Big O's so right about this. NBA is lazy and disrespectful because there's nothing more disrespectful than you're just resting and people are paying their hard-earned money to see you. I, I just, I don't know how you buy season tickets anymore in the NBA. I don't know how you do that. It doesn't make any sense to buy season tickets in the NBA. Not since they don't care about the regular season and they're not going to play the regular season. Why should you pay full tilt for that? That, that to me, makes zero sense. Uh, Big O, I was talking about his Twitter comments towards players, not about Fangio. Well, I, I've never seen him com comment on other players, so I don't know about that one, basketball jokes. I will have to plead ignorant on that one. I don't know any examples about him going after players. You know anything about that with, with, uh, with Javon Holland going after players? In fact, this is the first time I've ever seen him do something negative for somebody like Fangio. So I don't know. If you have an example, send it to me because I'd like to know because normally I never see him do that. Oh, you should have a class to teach the NBA players work ethic. They don't want to know any of that shit, dude. Nah, true fin fan. I disagree. He says, I personally think Jimmy wants out. I wish I was one of the ones opening the door for him. Nah, I don't think so. I just think he wants he wants to have his cake and eat it too. That's all he wants to do, my friend. Uh, oh, Jimmy plays like the Chiefs did this regular season. They get bored of the regular season. The problem with Jimmy is he doesn't realize how important seeding is. Yeah, the problem problem with that is if you think you're going to come out of the bottom again like you did last year, they were they were trailing. Uh, was it five minutes left in the fourth quarter with the uh, Bulls or something? I want to say you – you're on the brink of elimination. 
against the Bulls, right? I think it was. I don't know, man. Playing with fire in that one. Put it this way. If you once again, okay, there's something called the, uh, the Drake Passage. It's in the bottom of South America, okay? It's where the Atlantic Ocean, where, well, the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean meet, and the Scotia Sea or Scotia Sea or whatever the hell it is, because the plate is there. And it's one of the most treacherous bodies of water in the world, okay? And to cross that, you've got to be an experienced uh, sailor, right? And everybody knows it because you have three oceans colliding in one spot there in the Drake Passage. So the bottom of it, it's where Argentina and Chile and, you know, all and Antarctica and all that meet, right? And so, and there's a tectonic plate that's there also. So it creates some brutal seas. Because again, it's three oceans running into each other, atmosphere, swirling winds, all that kind of shit. That's what it's going to be for the Miami Heat. If they think that they're going to get away with that again, and they're going to be a, a an eight seed, and they're or a nine seed, and they're going to have to go through the play-in round, and and you know they they got through the Drake Passage once, okay. I don't think they're going to get through the Drake Passage again. Let's put it that way, okay. Have some fun. Look up the Drake Passage. You can learn a little bit about that rough body of water. I know for Argentine people or or Chilean people or whatever, you probably know already about it, but some of you out there, why would you give a shit? But that's what I would compare it, a sailor trying to get through the Drake Passage, which is just brutal. Like, it, it makes government cut here in Miami, which is bad, by the way. You know, you ever seen the, the, the smaller boats that are trying to get through government cut? That shit is funny, dude, okay? Like, funny. Like people flying off boats and shit like that. That kind of funny. I mean, awesome. And that's just right here in government cut. All right? Think about it. That's just government cut where you get some rough waters. This is three oceans literally meeting in one place. It becomes a violent ocean at that point. That's what it's going to be for the Miami Heat. They're going to be setting sail and it's it's going to be it's going to be tough it's going to be tough to get through it again that's all i can tell you uh gordon shumway says i feel i feel for the guys who miss games with legit injuries but the players brought this rule on themselves if it wasn't for load management they wouldn't need this rule actions have consequences exactly that's why i have zero sympathy for 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 halliburton or anybody else because the entire league is lazy and they don't care about fans or the regular season. So why should I give a shit or have any kind of sympathy for them? Uh, Big O and Sean and people wonder why I don't watch the NBA. I loved it in the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s. It's changed. Big O, you were, you, uh, were you known as Mr. Big Shot in high school? Nope. Nope. No, sir. Definitely not a big shot. Still not a big shot. Never will be a big shot, sir. 
just a regular dude, brother. That's it. I'm just a regular dude. There's nothing. I may I may have the nickname Big O, but that's about it. You know, I wasn't a big shot. No, still not a big shot. Never will be a big shot. Just a regular guy, my brother. And I'm happy that way. I'm very happy that way. Uh, kind of like you have to be experienced in Bitcoin to invest in Sailor. Damn right. Hey, Sailor. The interview is gold. Thank you, sir. You mean hollover, oh? Oh, what did I say? What were we talking about? What was it? What was the hollover? What was the comment? Now I forgot. Oh, you mean the government cut is the one in hollover? Is that the one or is it the one by by Miami? government cut because that's the one i was talking about because that is where, where the sailboats go through i mean the 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 cruise ships go through that cut that's what i was talking about but you're right also by the way that one is brutal too uh let's see and Jimmy wasn't even the reason the Heat won the last play in that game. It was Max Struess who was having a career game. Yeah. That's right. I'm just a regular dude that likes crypto. You are correct, Frankie. Thank you, sir. Hollover is the crazy one, not government cut. Oh, that's what it is? It's Hollover, the one that I see all the highlights from? Okay, because you go, you go on YouTube. Oh, you know what? You're right. It does say Hollover. It doesn't say government cut. It does say hollover. You're right about that. That's right. Go on YouTube and look at the hollover crossing or whatever they call it. Um, and it's funny, dude. I mean, the people f like smaller boats and and they're flying off the boats because the waves just like bam and 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 people are just flying off the boats. It's it's scary and funny scary for them hilarious for us it's kind of the way i look at it uh port of miami government cut you're right big o i i, I think that one's pretty bad but i think they're right that the one that i saw the, the those highlights i think are from hollower but again the drake passage would make that look like child's play put it that way and that's what I think will be. That's kind of my point, the kind of season it will be for the Heat if they try to do this. Uh, let me uh, tell you what else do we have going on. You want to hear a, a, a an interesting story that a lot of us were right about. A lot of you were right about, and so was I, because it was it – was, it wasn't something that you or I, it took a lot to kind of figure out. We kind of knew it. Kind of like it's it's elementary, my dear Watson. Some of you didn't. But here's the thing. Time has a way of changing things, right? And sometimes you don't count on something to happen. And then you, you, you say, oh, this would never happen. And then something changes the dynamics. And all of a sudden... It does happen. Well, a lot of us, once we heard Belichick was released, right? 
some of you out there were talking about, oh, dude, you know, they they gotta they gotta fire McCarthy there in Dallas. Jerry's gotta hire Belichick. And a lot of us, yours truly, and a lot of you out there, we use common sense. There's no way those two could work together. No freaking way, dude. Jerry's too controlling. And Belichick wants control. So there's no way that they could work together. And nothing happened. McCarthy was kept. And Belichick couldn't find a job. So now Jerry Jones was asked about Bill Belichick. And he goes, I know him personally. And I like him. There's no doubt in my mind we could work together. None. None. We all know that he's certainly excellent, maybe at the top of his profession. To say that any one person automatically assures you of a Super Bowl is ridiculous. That's too high of an expectation for him, but he is maybe the greatest pro football coach of all time, could very well be. He is a friend and I like him, and I want to make it real clear. I wouldn't have any problem working with him. Now, I want to tell you something about Jerry Jones. Well, I don't, you know, I have my uh, negative comments about Jerry, and I can hold them for now. The positive comments, I will say, is he's a hell of a businessman. He also understands a little psychology, and he just used it. He just planted a seed for a plant that could end up growing and making us look wrong. And I'll tell you why. So Belichick is set in his ways, and he wants his control. But guess what? He got a slice of that humble pie this offseason. Seven teams had coaches ava coaching uh, vacancies. Seven teams said, Bill, thanks, but no thanks. We're out of here. Or six, right, because New England can't count. All right? So they all said, no, nah, no thanks. Even Atlanta. They would not break up their franchise the way it was structured so he could take over and run everything. So now Belichick gets to eat that humble pie the entire year. I don't know if he's going to go into broadcasting, which would be actually pretty interesting to watch him in broadcasting. Um, I want you guys to watch something called um, um, the history of AFL pro football or something i've told you about this it's a five-part series it is one of the greatest biographies you will ever see about football uh and it's all about the history of the afl between the 60 from 1960 1970 into the merger with the nfl and the history of it all and i want you to see some of the interviews with belichick there that's the belichick you're going to get not the one you know so, because you hear people on television talk about, oh, no, he would be good. They are right. He actually, when he wants to, he does this on purpose. He doesn't talk to anybody. And he mumbles and whatever. But go watch him in that, in that series. And he's smiling and he openly talks about football and all Because you get him talking about football and he'll become a parrot. You, you try to tell him to brag about himself or talk about his team. Or, he hates doing it. He doesn't want to do any of that. That's all it is. And so he purposely screws with you. But he does have a personality. It's just you need to watch the history of the AFL, that five-part series, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But 
back to my point. He has now had a now he's got a slice of humble pie added uh, handed to him. Now he gets to eat it all year. Okay, now he has to think: Am I getting too old? Nobody wants me. And one thing they made clear: It looks like they don't want to give me control. And I got to tell you, here's where I was wrong a thousand percent. Jesus Christ, was I wrong? I thought for sure somebody would be stupid enough to say, here, here, Bill, here's the keys to the kingdom. It's all yours. Please save our franchise. Nobody was willing to do that. A year from now, when he's a year out of football, I don't know if somebody will be willing to do that or not. That's the only way he gets a job. But if he cannot get that job where he gets total control, then I can actually see him settling for the Cowboys and saying, well, I got to deal with the hierarchy and the players they bring in. They do have a good roster, by the way. Actually, I I have to give, you know, Stephen Jones and his staff. I actually know a couple of scouts with the Cowboys. Okay. And I'm going to tell you something they tell me all the time because I mentioned it to one of my friends as a Cowboys scout about – Five years ago, six years ago, and I and I and I, I assumed, which made me look like an ass, of course. And I said, "So you guys put, bring those reports, and they just you know like throw them in the trash, and Jerry picks whoever the hell he wants." And he goes, "No, they actually listen to us. They actually take our advice. Players that you see there have been chosen by a lot of the scouts. Uh, they're actually very good at listening." So I, for the ego stuff that you hear, some of the scouts, and they'll tell me straight up, especially one of the two guys that I know is kind of like me, that he has no qualms in telling you exactly what, what the deal is. And um, he told me, actually, they're very good. They're very fair. And they actually treat their employees uh, at, like at an incredibly high level. So. They have a very good reputation inside the league. Now, as for the coach, well, the coach is a puppet and has been a puppet since Jerry Jones is there. So that's one thing that does not change, and it's there. But if Belichick cannot find a home, Jerry has done everything to lay the groundwork and say, hey, man, I would have no problem working with him. Now, it's going to have to be on his terms. And Belichick's going to have to know that. But he knows that if McCarthy fails next year and nobody is willing to hand the keys of the kingdom to Belichick, then the Cowboys will have one of the better rosters that he should consider to go if he cannot get what he wants. He couldn't get it this year. Will he get it next year? Because you got to figure next year is should or get off the pot for Bill Belichick. He either gets the job he's out he's done it's over for him so jerry did a nice little psychological ploy to kind of put himself in that position for a possible acquisition of bill belichick in 2025 very smart by the old man very smart 
top five, top five favorite Super Bowls, Big O since '91 to present day. Oh God, Anthony, that would take me too long to think about that. I cannot come up up off the top of my head with that right now. There's no way I could do that. Reckless boaters and people renting boats out there. Yeah, that there's a lot of that. You're you're a thousand percent right. Uh, cigar social. Uh, Ocala Joe. Um, a lot of people, by the way, are moving up into that area of Florida. Like the suburbs around Ocala and Ocala, I'm hearing. Anyway, uh, for Ocala Joe, I said that I said that cause cause the wife showed me the high school yearbook and I saw you on the journalist page. That's the quote they had for you. Oh, really? Dude, I don't remember at all. I mean, yeah, I was in journalism. I was in yearbook. What did your wife go to school with me? Your wife went to Hylia High? Okay. Um, yeah, I had I had a lot of fun in high school. I gotta say, I was in yearbook, I was in photography. I mean, I, I did anything and everything that would get me out of school. So, you know, I had I had uh photog and I had photog classes and yearbook classes. After lunch, I think it was. Yes, after the first lunch. So that way I could have a second lunch. So I would grab for yearbook. Then I'd say, okay, I'm going to take the camera and go out and take some pictures and some stuff for the year. Okay, go ahead. And I could disappear for the hour. You know, Mrs. Sipe, I want to say, uh, was the yearbook teacher. By the way, she got arrested or something for stealing money from the school okay yeah she did yeah didn't help that i sold some yearbooks on the side anyway uh so you know discount 10 bucks you're gonna pay 20 here's one for 10 you know so anyway um so yearbook i was uh the i would use it as the second lunch right and then uh, photography, it would be before P.E. So then it was my fifth period and P.E. was my sixth period. P, I took P.E. all three years. Okay, that was my favorite class, P.E. and music. I mean, listen, I had it so good back in the day. You know that we didn't have to take math in our senior year? Suck it, kids. You lose. Your schooling is way harder than mine. I had two requirements my senior year in Hialeah High. So my four other classes, I had two lunch periods, uh, PE, yearbook, photog, and there was like something, some other bullshit class, music. I mean, my senior year was like, it was glorious bro it was just glorious yeah skip go to the beach go to waikiki go hang out go to 81st street beach you know it was just it was just that's why for you kitties out there if there's any kitties that are watching man enjoy i i, I know you can't enjoy school as much as we did because we also had open school too we could go to we got in our cars and went to lunch you know what I mean? Something you kiddies can't do anymore. They lock you in. You know, 
we were out and about for a lunch or two, some of us. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was fun. I had a blast. I had a blast. I got to say, high school was, it was fun, man. It was fun. Uh, I pretty much knew everybody, and it was a blast. And parties every, uh, highly high was a part. Ask your, I don't know if your wife partied with us, but uh, Ocala Joe, you can ask your wife. Um, highly high was a party school. There were parties either on weekends at the beach, different hotels. We were all getting together at Waikiki or Marco Polo or the Colonial or whatever, all those different types of hotels that were throughout, you know, the uh, North North Miami Beach area. Uh, or we were having pool parties at, at different homes in Hialeah. Well, for us rockers, we used to have like at least once a month, we would have a pool party that had a stage right at the edge of the pool. And we had a couple of bands that would be jamming all afternoon. Okay. We didn't have a DJ. We literally had metal bands jamming. What was it? Hammerhead was one of them. Uh, Hammerhead was actually pretty popular back in the early to mid eighties uh, locally. They would play at strawberries and Flynn's and, you know, different places. I'm bringing some some memories back for some of you older folks out there. Ocala Joe, I don't know what 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 you know. Was she a a, a rocker? Was she a a, a a disco person? Was she a geeky person? Was she an athletic person? I don't know what what click she hung out with. You know what I'm saying? So all depends. But yeah, we were we were a party school. Highly a high goes underrated. Back in the day. I can't talk about Hialeah High now, but back in the day, it was a party school. Oh, how can we purchase big old shirts and hats? We don't live in Miami anymore. It's coming. It's coming. I promise you. I will have it up by Monday. Okay. Uh, we've got it all set up. Everything is set. I just got to load it up on the website and connect the, the bank account stuff, and then we're ready to go. Uh, and we will have stuff to sell. I, I will have it up next week. Guaranteed. Do you think Belichick would be willing to be a head coach without having all? That's what I just said, that I think his humbling might lead him to that next year. And normally he would never work for Jerry Jones, Frankie. But if nobody's willing to give him power and they're willing to hire him, then you've got to go to a team that's got a pretty good roster since you're not going to have great power. The Cowboys have a pretty good roster. Okay, so Belichick could do a lot of damage with a roster like the Cowboys. I know Dak could end up choking anyway, and Bill can't control that part. But that's my point, that the humbling could bring him to the extreme of even working for Jerry Jones. So that's why Jerry, he's not going to hire anybody that isn't going to work for him. Okay, but that's why Jerry, very smart. Just threw it out there like I would have no problem. I could easily work with him, easily work with him. But, of course, it's going to be on the Jones, you know, terms. So that's why I threw it out there. When I saw Jerry do that yesterday, I was, you psychological some bitch. Wow, that is genius on your part, dude. That was genius on Jerry Jones' part. Genius. Planted a seed for next year. 
Uh, the colonial pool was a staple, says Christian. Big O, now they take gender affirmation classes. It's a different world, my brother. It's a different world. It's just the way it is. I don't worry about culture wars, my man. I don't get stuck in that. Don't really care about it. Doesn't bother me whatsoever. So I uh that kind of, that silliness is, you know. I worry more about other things. What you all should be worrying about is what they do in our economy. The culture stuff is the silliest shit in the world that people are worried about. This is the AFL was excellent. Bill was pretty good in that. I know. I, I people need to see Bill Belichick in that light. Oh, you want you want to talk you want to talk the AFL? Oh, you want to talk like watch him. Completely different dude. You're like Is that AI? Did, that's a fake Belichick I'm watching, right? You ever seen that? That's what you're going to say when you're sitting there. You're going, he's sociable. He's smiling. He's happy. That, that's not real, right? That's what you're going to be telling your friends and family members when you watch. You No. 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 That's not Belichick. So, science was way worse, my worst subject in high school. Mine was math. I Once I got past uh, basic math, like, I, I kill it with, you know, adding, subtracting, dividing, multiplying, percentages, you name it. All business math, I kill it. Once you start sticking in an X and a Y, you can go to hell. Okay, you just go to hell. Okay, once you start adding letters, I have no use for that shit. I'm not an engineer, and not gonna. I don't plan on being any kind of engineer, a chemical engineer, a structural engineer, a space engineer. I don't need any of that shit. Okay, so get lost with your quantum physics. Get lost with your calculus and your all that. Get the hell out of here with algebra and algebra two and and geometry and trigonometry and get out of here with that shit. Now my wife and daughter, they absolutely kick ass in that. Yeah, I could I hated math, bro. The 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 word math. The other stuff. I I love them. I actually used to love math up until you started throwing in letters. And then that's when that's like the an exorcist for me, bro. Get out of here. Leave me alone. Like 11th grade was hell for me because I had I was forced to take business math for half a year, which I loved. But the second half of the year, I had to do pre-algebra. And I know 99% of you are going, oh, what kind of a dumbass are you that you couldn't figure out pre-algebra? I did, but I'm a dumbass. Barely. I barely got by pre-algebra. I hated it. It was like, my wife says it all the time. She goes, I could easily teach algebra. I could teach anybody. The, the If you pay attention to this and that. And I'm like, yeah, my problem is I get intimidated by it and frustrated with it. And so I want nothing to do with it. You don't have any patience. Yeah. And I have no interest in learning it also. 
Because I knew I wasn't ever going to be an engineer in high school. Like, I knew it. I was like, what the hell do I want this shit for? And then in my senior year, when I didn't have to take any math, oh, my God, that was heaven. It was English and science, I believe. That's the only two requirements I had. In, uh, and I loved English and science. I have no problem with that. And history, too. I had no problem with those subjects. But math, you know, word math with letters. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was brutal for me, dude. Uh, let's see. The wife was a disco queen, practically lived in Casanova action. Disco satisfaction. That's where Madonna did her first, uh, her first tour, first album. She came to Casanova. So she went to Casanova. She used to go to Strawberries across the street also then, huh? Ah, there you go. I used to go to Casanova's. Why would you care about it, chatter? You are silly. Uh, I don't know what that means. Oh, I wish more people looked at culture like you do. It doesn't affect you. Don't worry about it. No need to get mad at shit that doesn't affect you in a negative way. It's so stupid, bro. Look at these idiots now going after Taylor Swift. Like, bro, get a life. Why? She may not vote for you? Oh, come on, man. People are going to vote one way or the other. Who gives a shit? It's all this silliness, dude. They're just into all these culture wars and personal conflicts and all that. Screw all that, man. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing what you're doing with my money. That's what I'm worried about. How you're flushing all my goddamn money down the toilet. That's what I'm worried about. Oh, what's your take on an 18-game season and expanding rosters? Eventually, it will happen. The You should make the 53-man roster completely active. And the 18th game, as I've said a thousand times over. Um, okay. Uh, as I said a thousand times over, I've been saying this for four years now easily. You need to have an 18-game schedule. And you need to have two bye weeks. So it's a 20-week schedule. And you have a bye week for every Thursday night game. So every time you're going to play a Thursday night game, you're off the week before. That way, you, you kill that bye week and then the other bye week. And that way, you can have the bye weeks in the first half of the season and the second half of the season. So everybody, and what you can do is break it up, you know, and give, and give people, you know, rest uh, twice and at the same time your thursday games all of a sudden instead of being bad games they become great games because they're going to have 11 days to prepare for those games and then when they're done with that game they're going to have another 10 days to prepare for the following game so it gives them rest so it's basically like two back-to-back -back bye weeks surrounding a thursday game so it takes care it's only common sense to make it 18 games it's only common sense to include two bye weeks I don't know why common sense takes so long in this world to happen. Whatever, dude. You know, it's better for the players to have two bye weeks. Playing a 17 or 18 game schedule is not going to do anything. But what will extend your career is that you're going to have a bye week for every Thursday game. And that will create zero issues for that game from now on. Everybody will be well rested before it. And after it, and it gives teams time to kind of catch up with their bodies and all that kind of stuff and treatment. So I think it's the inevitable because greed will step in kind of like what's going on with Bitcoin. You know, they're 
chewing up, uh, what is it, 1,100 1200 Bitcoin a day, and they're only producing like 600 and something a day. And here comes, you know, Tokyo and Japan, and they're going to open it up. And then greed will step in because they know that there's a finite amount. Well, greed will step in here also. And they're all going to realize one more game and a bye week will buy us even more advertising for two more weeks. That's it. Oh, and by the way, with the two bye weeks, if I rem- if I, if my math is correct, you'll have less teams off per week in a way. You can actually break it up even more evenly because some weeks there's way more and some weeks there's less. You'll be able to break it up a little bit less and 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 spread out throughout the year a little bit more. So it, it might even balance out a little bit more having the two instead of having the one. So it helps out in so many different ways. It helps your Thursday night game for promotion, for health, all of that. It helps out the players for longevity because they get two weeks off. It helps out for finances because now you're getting the revenue from the 18th week and then the extra bye week. So those are two weeks of football that you're adding. Now you've got 20. So you're adding two more weeks of revenue streaming also at the same time. There, there's just, there are no negatives to it. There are only positives to it. You're better off playing 18 game. You're better off playing 18 with two bye weeks than 17 with one bye. I mean, I can't make just off the top of my head. I can't give you better arguments than that right there. You know what I mean? It only makes sense. So the inevitable will happen. Bitcoin will dominate and we'll get an 18-game schedule. It's the inevitable. It will happen. Just doesn't happen overnight. Um, You must have taken physics as your science class. No, I did not. I did not take physics. No, sir. Uh, Big O, what's your favorite dolphin of all time? Oh, it's Marino. Marino. Marino will always be my favorite Dolphin of all time. Uh, Nat Moore is my favorite wide receiver of all time. Uh, but Marino is my favorite Dolphin of all time. Yeah, I've, you know, you'll, you'll, never, get, you'll never get anything bad out of me for Marino. Ever. I freaking love that guy. I, I, uh, I, uh, I uh, honor the ground he walks on. Okay? And it kills me that we never gave him enough to win. Oh, by the way, yes, he just like Tua. You can't win with not enough. You can't win with bad coaching. Yeah, doesn't matter if you're Tua or Marino. Doesn't matter because I love, oh, well, he needs a perfect situation. Yes, so did Marino, asshole. That's why he didn't win shit. That's why he didn't have long runs in the playoffs a whole bunch of times. Did it only a couple times. Why? Because he didn't have help. It's like, it's so idiotic the way Tua is treated at times. Can you buy a home and live in El Salvador with just Bitcoin? Yes, you can, sir. You can live anywhere on Bitcoin, buy anything on Bitcoin. The part, so many of you that don't invest, you don't understand. You know, you convert your Bitcoin immediately to cash. Like right away. And if the company accepts Bitcoin, then go ahead. Now, 
I would never buy anything with Bitcoin. Again, that's the other rookie statement you just made. Rookies, people that don't know shit, use Bitcoin as money. Or people that don't have the wherewithal to save. That those people I can't have I I can't, you know, I can't blame anybody that, you know, doesn't have the capabilities to save. They they're they're just eking by and 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 in Salvador, you know, the few people that are probably using Bitcoin that live there, El Salvadorians, you know, they're probably just using the money that they get and they're surviving. Those people I get. But anybody else that is really truly, if you're saving money or stocks or whatever. If you own Bitcoin and you're using it as currency, you're not very smart because it shouldn't be used as currency. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson does need help. He did that day. You know, it's funny, Jim. So I know you put a funny face next to it, but his coach failed him by not running the ball. And he put him in a position to fail because he's not a passer. Never has been, never will be. He'll complete some passes, doesn't make him a passer. Uh, Big O, do you rock the Deftones? Hell yeah. I recently really got into their catalog a few years ago, and I'm hooked, yeah. Um, Bill Preston, rest in peace, my brother, love you. Um, he uh, He's the one that got me into, into the Deftones. And uh, and Chirino, right? Chirino is, uh, is the lead singer. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, I do like the Deftones. I've seen them many times. I, I think like four or five times I've seen the Deftones. They're fun, man. They're fun. I enjoy the Deftones. Very good catalog. You are correct. Who is my favorite cornerback of all time? Shit, dude. I don't have one. I have two. Thought I still had it here. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. This is props. We gotta have props sometimes on the show. If I can find the damn props, then maybe. But no, I can't. Damn it. I think I put them away, by the way. I think I put them away, unfortunately. But I uh, had a shirt here of the no passing zone of uh, Sam Madison, Pastor Tan. Love those two dudes. So I, I can't pick one over the other. And I'm biased because I covered their careers here. Got to know them personally. Uh, great freaking dudes, bro. And they didn't have enough. You didn't give them an offense. You didn't give them a running game on a consistent basis. You know, once in a while they had a running game, but they didn't have the quarterback and they didn't have the offense. And, and a lot of times they didn't even have the coach that could get it done. So there you go. Uh, Big O, I would have liked to have seen Marino throwing it to Warfield. Well, that would have been fun. Big O with another game added, how many additional injuries would occur? I don't know. You'll have to find out yourself. It's the way it goes, man. Shit happens. 
Um, by the way, great move by the Steelers, hiring uh, Arthur Smith as their OC. I thought that was a fantastic move. Arthur Smith uh, did not belong maybe as a as a head coach, but he is a terrific play designer. And uh, Steelers kind of needed that. Matt Canada thing was a disaster over there. He had a burner account and all that other stuff going on. Just crazy stuff. But uh, not that I'm a Steelers guy or anything, but if there's any Steelers fans out there, I got to say that that was a really nice move, you know, overall. Um, Super Bowl, by the way, the Niners, the line has gone up uh, minus two. So it looks like a lot of uh, dumb money is coming in on the Niners. Uh, sorry, Casey's winning this game. Uh, the other, th by the way, the, the right wingers going after Taylor Swift. Man, you people are just a bunch of losers. Yeah, and by the way, not very smart. He, he, maybe you're better off trying to be friendly instead, so that way you can win her over, which I doubt you will, and maybe win over her fan base, which is really powerful. You know, the Swifties and the Beehive. You know, I don't think you want to instigate shit with those people. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you want to be picking fights with those people. They are relentless. I'm saying, look at the deep fake AI of Taylor Swift. Okay. I mean, laws are going to be passed because it was Taylor Swift. <laughs> if it was you or me or Demi Moore or, or uh, Tom Hamilton or, you know, you can pick any fresh actor or old actor or anybody in yeah, whatever. It's a fake AI, whatever. Who cares? This, that. You know, there's a fake AOC AI that's going around, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's nobody would care. Look, the AOC one, nobody cares. But it's Taylor Swift. Oh, man, the world is losing their minds that there is a sexually explicit AI of Taylor Swift. It's so it, it, it draws so much attention that. It's going to force laws. Idiots. What a bunch of morons. And by the way, the Lions. Good job by uh, Dan Campbell. Because Ben Johnson told Washington and Seattle, nah, not interested. I'm going to stay here. And he does not have a defection of coaches which allows him to maintain that continuity for next year. That was, uh, that was pretty good for – that's really good news for Dan Campbell, I got to say. Dan the man, he has um, – he definitely proved me wrong. Uh, let's go to a little music news and birthdays. Let's start off with the birthdays today. Why don't we? On January 31st, Justin Timberlake is 43 years old. Jackie Robinson was born on this date in 1919. We lost him in 72. Um, uh, Joel Courtney, movie actor, is 28. I have no idea who he is. I do know Carrie Washington, actress. She is 47. Uh, Portia De Rossi, actress, is 51. Uh, Julian Alvarez, soccer player, is 24. 
Tyler Hubbard, country singer, is 37. Let's see. Jonathan Banks, TV actor, is 77. Nolan Ryan, baseball pitcher, also 77 years old. And those are the folks celebrating birthdays today. Okay. And in music history, let's start off with a little music history. In January 31st, here are some of the reasons why this day matters on January 31st. You want to find out why it matters? Well, in 69, Led Zeppelin played their first of two nights at New York's Fillmore East during their North American tour. The set was allegedly so powerful that headliners Iron Butterfly refused to follow them. In Agata de Vida, that's all we got. For 14 minutes. These guys just jammed for two hours. Uh, in 81, Blondie went to number one on the singles charts with The Tide is High. It was the group's third number one song. In 2007, a previously unreleased poem that Jim Morrison wrote and recorded shortly before he died in 71 was set to music and used to publicize a campaign to stop global warming. In 2001, it was announced that Peter Chris was leaving Kiss and that Eric Singer would fill his spot for the remainder of the dates on the band's farewell tour. And that, my friends, is what happened today in music history. By the way, if you're a Joni Mitchell fan, she is having a concert for the first time in 24 years at the Hollywood Bowl. And I know we have a lot of uh, listeners all over the country. So she will have her first show in 24 years at the Hollywood Bowl, October 19th. It'll be called the Joni Jam. So enjoy if you want to go. Okay. Joni Mitchell. How about that? Classic, dude. Queens of the Stone Age announced a U.S. tour. And they are coming to South Florida. They'll be here in Hollywood at the Hard Rock on May 10th. Daytona Beach for Welcome to Rockville, May 11th. And just to give you a couple dates for our friends in Calgary on April 1st, uh, Saskatoon, April 3rd, uh, Kingston, Ontario, April 9th. They're going to a lot of cities in Canada, so you can check it out. Halifax, Nova Scotia, the 17th of April, Raleigh, North Carolina, May 2nd, Atlanta, May 4th. Those are some of the dates you may want to check if you want to see Queens of the Stone Age. It's another one. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. That is about it on the music side. Oh, one more. Pet Shop Boys. I found this weird. I read this today. I read this this morning. I, I had no idea that the Pet Shop Boys were doing this. But apparently, they have a movie coming out that will be available in 1,400 theaters in 50 countries worldwide, giving the beloved British duo a two-night-only event screening Wednesday, January 31st, and Sunday, February 4th. Their new upcoming film, Pet Shop Boys Dream World, The Hits Live. Now... You know what? I got no problem with Pet Shop Boys. I think they're a terrific duel. They've done a great job. They've got a bunch of hits. Are they big enough that they would draw people to a theater? 
Metallica, the aforementioned Taylor Swift, the aforementioned Beyonce. Okay. You too. You know, I, I could think of a couple of artists that would be that big that they could do a movie and people will go watch it. Okay, there's a few. Pet Shop Boys is not one of them. I'm just, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know how this is really going to be a major hit. That one I don't understand. Is it just me? I found that one weird, to be quite honest. So, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Frankie Fresco, he's got a super chat. Thank you, Frankie, by the way. I appreciate you. Uh, big O Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble. But who cares? AEW Wednesday. John Moxley versus Jeff Hardy. Who we got? Ooh, this is hard. Because both Moxley and Hardy have won battles that you guys have given me predictions. And I remember that. Now, you know, Moxley and Moxie, I think I've mentioned this before, is kind of you know, in the same uh, territory. So I am going to lean to John, J-O-N, Moxley, against Jeff Hardy. Okay? I will I will be laughing all the way with this win. I'm going to bet this thing up that it'll be Moxley over Hardy, har, har, har. That's what's going to happen. I will be laughing at Jeff Hardy tonight as Moxley wins. Sean, what do I get for that prediction? Oh, I got two thumbs up. Look out. Love it. Thank you, Sean. Miami never did a good job replacing Duper Clayton for Marino. Once they were gone, no disrespect. OJ, Fryer, or Gadsden, and Dupe were not. What? Well, okay, who's Jerry Rice? I mean, really, are we going to play that game, dude? Who's Michael Irving? You know, uh, what's the CD, uh, CD Lamb? Terrific player. Still not Michael Irvin. I mean, come on, man. We could play that game all over the place. You know? it's, a, it's a little bit of an unfair game, my man. Ocala Joe with some love on Cash App. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you big time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ocala Joe. Very nice of you, my man. Very nice of you. Remember, Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. And, of course, you can always send a Bitcoin donation to Cash App or Venmo. Thank you all, as always. Oh, man, what else do we have going on that I'd like to talk about? So we had a couple of guys arrested. Did you see this story? So. A little bit of a different kind of story here, okay? If you're standing, I want you sitting. If you're driving, uh, pull to the side right now. Do you do you know why men really don't live longer lives than women at times? Do you want to know why women constantly laugh at men or your wife is constantly laughing at you? Because we're not a very intelligent breed of people the male, the male being. And this is a great example here coming out of Arkansas. 
Benton County, Arkansas. Police arrested two men after they took turns shooting one another while wearing a bullet-resistant vest. Charles Eugene Ferris, 50, and Christopher Hicks, 36, were arrested Monday, April 1st, in connection with an aggravated assault. This is a, an old story, obviously, but I've never seen this story, so it was funny. They were released on a $5,000 bond and were issued no contact order from the Bend County Jail on the 2nd. Bend County Sheriff's Deputy Dorian Hendricks went to Mercy Hospital around 11 Sunday, March 31st, to investigate a male who had been shot multiple times while wearing a bulletproof vest. Uh, Hendricks interviewed Ferris, who had a red spot in his chest. Ferris told to elaborate the story to try and cover up the truth. He said someone from the edge of a tree line began shooting at him in the asset on the Highway 12, according to the affidavit. Ferris changed his story about the incident and said he did not want to get Hicks in trouble, so he made up his prior story. He then told police what really happened and said he had been drinking on his back deck with Hicks and wanted Hicks to shoot him with the vest on. Hicks shot Ferris with a 22 caliber semi-automatic rifle. The bullet hit the top left corner of the vest, stopping the bullet but leaving a red mark. Ferris told police he was pissed and Hicks put on the vest, the affidavit said. Ferris then unloaded the clip into Hicks' back. According to a police report, no rounds from the 22 caliber semi-automatic penetrated the vest. Good vest, by the way. Oh. We're not an impressive breed. We're just not. We're not. And that's a great example of why we're not an impressive breed of, of being. Whew. Wow. When sports and business collide, folks, we like doing something called the KSDT CPA Sports Business Report. <laughs> Brett Dodger says Pet Shop Boys might draw some West End girls, but that's about it. I like it. I like that line. Frankie has Travis Scott. You mean Travis Scott movie would draw in people? Is that what you're saying? By the way, did you see what Travis Scott just did this weekend? He had he there was a like a custodian, a janitor or whatever in the in the in the arena. And he goes, You need a night off, and I'm giving you five thousand dollars. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Props to Travis Scott on that one. I know he's gone through a rough patch because he had that tragedy happen in in one of his concerts where, you know, when you're old, you live through things, you experience them, and then you know. Travis was too young to know about the who and know about, you know, crowds and getting stomped and all that kind of stuff, and he started something that he probably shouldn't have, you know. Obviously, that was terrible, but he did something over the weekend that I thought was cool, and I got to give him props for that. And that was cool because the, the like the, the custodian or the janitor or whatever, the guy was picking up the trash and he was like, you know, he was, he was, he was a happy camper, you know, good for him, man. 
that was that was cool. Anyway, uh, seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady is merging his health and nutrition company, TB12, and his apparel company, Brady, with training brand No Bull. As part of the deal, Brady will become the number two shareholder in No Bull behind Body Armor and founder Mike Repold. And he bought the company last year, Mike. Terms of the deal now provided. No Bull was founded in 2015 by former Reebok executives Marcus Wilson and Michael Schaefer. The Boston-based company employs about 100 people across the U.S., U.K., and China and sells its sneakers and apparel primarily online. Under the merger, the company will continue to operate under the brand name No Bull and aims to become a complete wellness company. I wanted to do something really big, Repo said about the deal with Brady. I think No Bull has a chance here to be this epic his historic brand playing in space of health and wellness through sneakers, apparel, nutrition, mentality, and really helping people with adversity, resilience, and grit. Repo, who made his fortune turning beverage brands into household names, purchased a majority of stake of No Bull in July. His track record includes selling body armor to Coca-Cola for $5.6 billion in 21, in addition to creating the vitamin water and smart water brands, which he sold to Coca-Cola in 2007. So this guy's pretty good. Kind of knows his stuff. And Tom Brady, you know, he's not stupid. He He's going to have success. Just like he's been practicing his broadcasting for months now, doing, you know, um, what's it called? Simulated games and all that kind of stuff so he can prepare for next season on Fox where he's going to be the analyst and he'll be calling the Super Bowl next year too. So a lot of stuff going on for, for Tom Brady. Uh, in the Garden, uh, oh, in Agata de Vida, is supposed to be called In the Garden of Eden. The lead singer mistook its uh, pronunciation. Oh, okay. In the Garden of Eden, in Agata de Vida. Okay. I like that. That's a fun nugget. Didn't know that. All right, folks, we are out of here. We uh, thank, of course, Matt Verderam and David Feronis. We thank, of course, the one and only Sean Stanley, the legend, getting it done, as always, mastering the entire platform. Today, we will see you at Top Gun Indoor Range. All right? First ever shooting contest. We got all kinds of prizes and giveaways. Tonight, 7 o'clock, Top Gun Indoor Range. Come on out and join us. Steve and all the great people out there, we will see you. You all be good out there. See you tomorrow in the afternoon. Same time, same place, same bat channel. All right, folks, the competition is set this Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range. Just got the plaque for the winner. Our first shooting contest at Top Gun, 7 o'clock. Hey, by the way, everybody participating in the shooting contest will get a big old T-shirt. So come on out and participate. Even participating, you win. We'll have some prizes and giveaways. The winner will get this plaque. Orvieto's Awards and more. They are in North Miami Beach. I've known them for about 30 years. They do great work. And then, of course, Steve and all the great people at Top Gun Indoor Range is going to be fun. We're going to make this a contest every couple of months. We're going to have some fun. So this is our first plaque ever for the giveaway. So who's going to win it? Who is it? Who's got the best shot here in South Florida? Meet us this Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range. 
Y'all be good out there. And of course, tune in to the Big O Radio Show daily, 10 a.m. on YouTube.